Welcome back, everyone. Today I'm with three very special guests from the podcast All, Ga- all Game Podcast. <laughs> yeah, All Game Podcast. It's all good. So right there, that was Eve Brown, who's been on the podcast before. We also have King Dow and a new guest for the first time on the podcast, Marina. Lotus. <laughs> because King Dow and Eve Brown were so long ago, I'd love everyone to... Just give a quick summary about who they are again. I'll start from uh, left to right. Or, so, yeah, starting with E. Brown. Cool, yeah. So, it's Emmanuel Brown, a.k.a. E. Brown, a.k.a. E., a.k.a. Jim Dropper, whatever they call me. Um, yeah, hip-hop, R&B, neo-soul artist from Virginia who currently lives in the Seattle area. Appreciate you, Blake. Yeah. Sure. Boy King Dow. They call me Dow for short. King. I call myself Joe Black Bandit, Black Super Yeah. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm from Seattle as well, Seattle area. Drama transcending music is what I make. Also a dancer. And yeah, just happy to be here. Again. I'm mad this man, Blake said, from left to right. <laughs> like King went straight to right. He went straight to right. It's actually Marina's turn. It's okay. Ladies last. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> you said like, since we had it before, I was thinking, okay, he wants this. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Listening. Uh... I only have one name. It's Marina Lotus. So that's a thing. And uh, sorry, I'm yelling. <laughs> I'm from Spokane, but I uh, live in Seattle now. I'm just a musician and things of the sort that are like that artistically. So that's really it. That's awesome. So uh, <laughs> I know E. Brown and King Dow, but um, how did you get to meet them? And how did you guys decide to form this podcast, Marina? Okay. So... <laughs> Um, I met Emmanuel at a different podcast that I used to do called After Dark, uh, interviewed him and that's how we got connected. And then I know King from Spokane back when he went to college at Whitworth. Um, yeah, so we've known each other for like three or four years now, but, um, when I moved over here, we just kind of reconnected. So what was After Dark about? After Dark was a show that interviewed your local hip hoppers. So we would have people come on and talk about themselves and then we would do like ciphers and things like that as well. Hmm. Did you pretty well or like, do you still do it? No, that show is not a thing anymore, but, um, let's see. I did it for a good, probably like five months. It was, it was fun. We did it twice a week, but, um, we just separated for creative differences, Hmm. moved on to different things. I have other shows now, so, Freaking podcasts are hard to maintain with the group. I mean, yeah, there were four hosts, and we were doing it um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And, like, me and one of the other people were both concert photographers, so it was kind of a lot for us to come to that show and then also be shooting all the time because, you know, there's always live performances going on before COVID, so. Hmm. Well, what can you take away from that podcast for your guys' new podcast, All Game Podcast? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I just learned how to speak to people easier in this type of a setting, like just being quick witted and things like that. Just applying, um, uh, well, I guess with After Dark, usually I wouldn't even know who was coming on the show. So I had to be really fast with, um, um, how I would come up with my questions and things like that. Cause it would just be like a total stranger and I like a lot of the time rappers don't really f- even feel like talking so it's pretty interesting like, come which on a is, podcast and which is weird anything to say yeah. <laughs> i'm like why are you here uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brown, expand on that. 
I mean, it's weird because like the whole point of an interview is for people to get to know you. So if you aren't talking, then why are you there? You know? What I do is if I have like a rapper or someone who's very like quiet, I'm very passive aggressive with it when it comes to like promotion or anything. Sometimes I won't even promote them. I'll just be like, oh, here's a new interview. <laughs> or, or, I love it. or what I'll do is awkwardness because awkwardness is like my favorite thing in the world. So I'll just make it so awkward that they have to respond. You and Marina will be best friends because she tries to make everything awkward. Do I really? Or is that just naturally who I am? Like, I don't try. It just is what it is. Well, no, you've, you've, you've <laughs> literally said, like, yeah, I tried to hug people weird so they remember me. Yeah, and, like, I know it's weird. So I enjoy it. I and mean, I was it like, works, doesn't it? I was like, damn, okay. I mean, that's sort of. We homies now. I hugged you before. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it all comes back to the music, though. Like it's stereotyping, but if a, if a guy's music's like kind of trash or like just very basic, they're usually basic people. Mm-hmm. So we kind of want to stay mm-hmm. away from those people. I stay away from them at least. Like I try to incorporate every type of genre, every type of person, from like someone who went to a prep school who wanted to make music, or someone who's in the projects, just get every side, you know. But like um, sometimes those project guys aren't really the brightest. I mean, I feel like it's even deeper than. <laughs> It's deeper than just even where people are from, you know? Like, shoot. I wouldn't stereotype people just based on their location. I feel like it's more of a mindset thing. Some of the best rappers or people that I've interviewed have been from, you know, a more diverse background. I just feel like it depends on your worldview and your experience. The more places that you've lived or the more things that you've gone through, the more likely you are to have a good interview if you are all together up there. But if you're not trying to... uh, have people get to know you, or if you're just afraid of being open, I feel like that's more an issue than just where you're from. So, what, you, what are some signs? That can, you guys can all talk about this. Like, you should probably, I'll start with King Dow actually from this. What are some signs that you know it might be a bad interview from the get go before you even meet the artist? I guess just how they come inside <laughs> the you know the space, uh, their body language. I, I read people a lot. But even before that, so you don't have to even. Like, maybe they're, like, contacting you before the interview, like, before even making sure you're going to set up this interview with this person. Right. Communication, if they have spotted communication. I mean, um, I mean, we just started our all-new podcast, and so far we haven't had any issues like that. But from what I've seen as far as, like, people wanting me to do, you know, different, like, live events or something like that, if the promoter or whoever is just really good with their communication and asking me, oh, what was that date that I asked you for? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's like, okay, like, off, off. I mean, <laughs> their social media, that's a, that's a good, a good giveaway. Like if you go look at their stuff and they're just kind of like shit posting, that's a good sign that you probably won't have a very great time interviewing them. Hmm. Or, um, if you do research on your guests before you have them, um, and like their other interviews are kind of boring or whatever, but, uh, usually I, I don't even ask people to come on if I think they're going to be boring. Like, that's just a waste of my time and energy. Like, if it's not going to be a good show, why would I have you? So, I just try to get people who I think will be engaging or people who have um, energy that is unparalleled. Gotcha. Brown? <laughs> I think uh, everybody just says something that's, like, super important. I mean, the great thing about what we're doing is, is, like, we're not just, like, 
allowing people to come on, but we're giving you a chance to like, if you do want to come on, then, you know, there's some extra hoops you got to jump through. You know, it's not just easy access. Like, and I know it's the same thing for you, with your podcast. It's like, okay, so you really want to get on here? Like, okay, jump through these hoops and let's see if you'll jump through these hoops to like, exactly, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. That kind of energy. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, like you know, like Marina and King said, we've had people on we know are like legitimate. They're like about their business. Like if we send them like, you know, hey, here's our, you know, submission form, right? Boom, done. Same night, same day, whatever, you know, next day. You know, they give us the information we need, you know, they tell us what they want to talk about. Cause we feel like it's important for us to come forward with what we want to talk to you about, but also give you the chance to let us know like what you would like the listeners to know about you, which I think is, is very important. I mean, outside of your podcast, uh, shout out to homie Fresh C, the Hustlers Journal. Um, shout out my homie uh, Marshall and his brother Austin for the Clock In Pie. Outside of y'all three podcasts, I don't know people who like just come with that structure, you know, and I feel like the podcasting space or the interview space for people trying to like, you know, get their name out there is pretty can I cuss on here? You cool with me cussing on here? It's, it's pretty fucking weak. You know, so it's just like, step your shit up. You want people to take you serious, act serious, you know, as we're saying. And, you know, we take ourselves seriously. You take yourself seriously. So that's the way we look at it. So what made you decide to start this podcast? I mean, in all honesty, it was something people have been telling me I needed to do for a long time. And uh, I just didn't want to fucking do it. At first, I was just like, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but now he no I mean King definitely was one of the people who was like, yo, you should have a podcast. And then like other people, some of my fans, you know, I realized like I would talk on Instagram and my stories just about like gems, as King or Marina will always say, right? Yeah, game with E B, right? And it was just one of those things like it just wasn't the right space for that. It was more of just like, you know, on your stories, people don't want to really hear you fucking talk they just want to see what your life is like what you're doing and then continue on so i had to realize like okay maybe a podcast is the perfect place for people to know where i'm like at in my mental space you know how i do things who i work with who i'm around who i surround myself with you know so that's where the all game like you know i want to say foundation started the name in itself is more just about I feel like everybody wants game, right? But not everybody wants to give it. You know, they don't want to give it away. They don't want to give that information away. But realistically, like, the information is is free. I can give you all the game in the world, no pun intended, right? But at the same time, it really just takes you to apply that. Like, I can give you, I can literally tell you how to build a shed, right? But it's on you to take the instructions that I gave you to build it. Right. So that's what we were doing is like and we thought of it's like, okay, let's take a space where we can give you all the information on many various things outside of music, outside of, you know, art. You know, we plan on I plan on having like, you know, we plan on having like a lawyer, a doctor, all that type of stuff, because like these things are really important. People want to know how to be successful. But a lot of times, too, and this is one thing I don't think you you do in your podcast like that other people don't do is like you tell the entire journey from start to beginning you know most places just do the start 
in the end. They don't ever talk about like all the shit people got to go through, all the failures and everything like that. So I, we, we feel like that's extremely important in our messaging is like, yeah, you can be great, but you got to know what it's like to be shit first before you're great. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. So, did, King Dad, did you always want to do a podcast or like what made you decide that this was something you wanted to do? I mean, I, I enjoyed like talking about my life and stuff. I mean, you know, so I go live like all the time just talking to my friends and I, and, uh, I do enjoy like interacting that way, but honestly, I never really thought about it. Like, I've, uh, I've done like Yeah, I was just going to say, and then one thing I did want to say before Marina gives her take is, like, I feel it's important, too, like, to have a woman's standpoint as well. Because I feel like there's not a lot of, like, women who get the chance to share what they truly believe and what they think. And I feel like Marina is, like, a key, integral part of that. Because you always hear, like, about a lot of men, you know, doing a lot of everything, right? And I mean, okay, cool, right? But what about, like, a woman's perspective because sometimes I feel like women's perspective is more important than a man's, you know? So I thought it was important and I was glad that Marina was okay with joining this. And like, that's why, you know, we look at it as like, you know, in the hierarchy, if there is any hierarchy in what we do, right. You know, like when it comes to co-host Marina is the second mic, not the third mic, because you know, sometimes people want to put women last or whatever. And I don't think that's fair. I think she should have every opportunity to say what she wants to say. And, you know, further as we move further along, like I'm not going to be leading the whole conversation. Marina might or King might. We're going to mix it up because we want to give everybody the ability to understand that, like, this isn't just like me. It's us. If that makes sense. Yeah. We're all second mics here. Right. I mean, I'm a little white. I got a little taste. You feel me? So, Marina, like, I'll start with you. What do you think you bring to the table for this podcast? Like you said, you had previous podcasts. That's a fun question. Okay. Yeah. So, I feel like with my with my first podcast, you know, people put me on for a similar reason. Like, I didn't necessarily walk into podcasting on purpose. Basically, my team was just like, hey, you're doing this. You're going to co-host this. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And in the time since, I actually just really realized that I like talking to people. And I feel like I can really pull out information about people that other people would struggle to get. So, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of cutthroat in that regard. And so I feel like I have a lot to bring to the table for that. I like to dig into people's pasts. And... um, just give a whole different like view of who they are that you really just wouldn't get normally, especially because in this scene, you know, it's really a male dominated industry. I'm always surrounded by males. 
Like when I go to the studio, I'm usually the only girl. If I go to a show, I'm usually the only female photographer. Like everything that I go to is just me. So I feel like my perspective is very valuable because I'm usually a fly on the wall. And so like I watch everybody move. I know what everybody's doing out here. So I know what kinds of questions to ask. And I feel like that's, that's important here, especially with this type of a thing where we're trying to get knowledge and help people grow and become better people, you know? Um, plus I, I'm multifaceted. Like I do a lot of different things. So I like to be able to apply my knowledge of all these different industries and, um, put it together to kind of complete the pieces to the puzzle and show everybody that, um, the more that you do, the better off you're going to be like, all art forms go together. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people um, kind of miss in the scene. They just think like, oh, if you want to be a rapper, then just rap. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's so many more pieces that go into it. So why would I say no for an opportunity to have like another platform where I'm going to be listened to? You know what I'm saying? For sure. King Dao, what do you think he brings to the table? Um, the dreads, not playing. <laughs> 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 the looks. Uh, no, for me, man, I, I bring uh, just the, a perspective of just positive energy and just uh, understanding, like, the, I'm a bass player, and I'm also a dancer, so I have a big, like, just a past as far as, like, the jazz side, like, the older traditions as far as, like, music goes, and then, of course, the dancing, growing up, you know, bring all that together. So, um, for me, I, I just bring a lot of, like, artistic value as far as, like, other perspectives, because most people who go into podcasting are, like, well, they're just journalists, or they might just be rappers or something. But for me, like I'm, like Marina, I'm also multifaceted in other uh, practices. So yeah, I bring that, and you know, just um, I also like to ask a lot of questions. As he knows, I'm super attentive, so um, you know, I'm always good at just you know asking the right things. I mean, by the time this comes out, we're gonna have like a bunch of guests already, but uh, I've already you know gained the respect of a lot of the guests we've already had on here as far as like things I like to ask. So. So, um, what can you take away from anime that you can add to the podcast? I guess the... <laughs> <laughs> That's a question I wasn't expecting. Curveball! I, 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 I don't know, I guess just the, my, uh, what's the word? My, my animation, or just, just my, my energy, I guess, my, my character as a person. Um, as, as Ian Marina know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty random at times, so... Mm. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, definitely bring that. <laughs> so, Ebron, what do you think you add to the podcast? You know, I really don't know, honestly, when I think about it. No, I, I, I swear, like, I really, like, when I'm thinking about it, like. Start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I can't really think outside of, like, just, you know, giving people a way to learn. I don't know. Emmanuel brings the vision. Mm, yeah. You know? Okay. That's what you're here for. I'll answer for you since you don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, outside of, like, you know, just, you know, just giving people the ability to learn. Like, that's really all I care about. But I appreciate that. You know? I feel like goal orientation is a really important thing for all three of us, yeah. which is why we're able to put this together. You know? We're all very professional with how we like to be seen. And how we would like others to be seen too. So we're not we're not gonna work with people who aren't trying to have that kind of composure. And if we do work with those people, here's the asterisk. 
you know, they have to jump through those hoops, right? And then, like, let's say they jump through the hoops and they get here and do an interview or whatever, and they're still not that professional. They'll know leaving here that that's something they need to apply. You see what I'm saying? Because, like, we're going to still be, like, professional as possible. And they're going to be like, damn, like, they was really, like, on this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, when they leave or whoever it may be. Or you can just make a compilation video down the road and be like, worst interviews, by the way. I'm <laughs> all for that shit. Worst guests. I'm that all for that. super fun. I'm all for it. That's clickbait. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you Brown, do you think it's harder to get music off the ground or a podcast off the ground? Uh, I would definitely say... So, I'm going to answer this question off of what I know because, I mean, we're just starting the podcast. You know what I mean? But in my mind, I would say it's harder to get music off the ground because... Nobody gives a shit who you are as an artist. You have to make them give a shit, right? But, and I may be wrong. So when this comes out, I may be like, yeah, that's not true. But, you know, um, I feel like when you're podcasting and you bring on guests that people want to hear, then you gain that value and that, like, likability way quicker than just, like, an artist who's like, I rap, I sing, I'm dope type shit you know what i mean like you're proving that you're dope already as a podcaster with who you bring in the door mm-hmm. definitely is a long process to get artists though like oh i believe that I had to start from like going to like kickbacks and believing someone's like a good rapper if they're like a sound artist like of course being like oh yeah i can rap you know but yeah it's i definitely get what you mean it's um they're definitely two different art forms yeah for sure i feel like they each have their pros and cons like i feel at the same time like no matter what media you have to get someone to like want to actually listen to you of course and i think to your point you know everything has work Mm -hmm. everything takes work 100 percent. i'm not you know negating that at all but i definitely think as a podcaster or interviewer who doesn't want to be interviewed Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like people like yo i want to interview you I mean, and of course, like, you know, the higher you get up in the hierarchy trying to reach those people, they may be like, oh, you're not worthy or some bullshit like that. But, you know, like everybody wants to be interviewed, mm-hmm. but not everybody wants to hear your music. You know what I mean? Featured on your song. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely understand. That's where I think it is a little easier. Like, yeah. And artists and podcasters need each other at the end of the day. Like they need a platform to speak their piece. I disagree. You dis- I disagree. Podcasters don't need artists. Artists need podcasters. Facts. Podcasters can talk to whoever the fuck they want to talk to. That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? They can get fucking Gary V on. Everybody's going to go listen to that shit. They don't give a fuck if it's an artist or not. It's Gary V. You know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, now I do get what you're saying That's in the sense of like. hip hop podcast or a music podcast. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, but like anybody would listen to a J. Cole interview. Fucking J. Cole. You know what I'm saying? But like, let's be real. Nobody, not everybody's gonna listen to an Emmanuel Brown interview. Who the fuck is that guy? You know what I'm saying? Until like I make it known enough that I am that guy or a King Dow or a Marina Lotus interview, then it doesn't matter. But as a podcaster, you can get J. Cole in the door and J. Cole is like, yo, I did this interview with uh Nas Podcast. They're gonna be like, Who the fuck is Nas Podcast? And then immediately it's like, boom, you know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm saying, but I mean it's, it's still definitely a grind. I know that. And I'm not knocking it. And uh, I'm pretty sure my answer will change yeah. by the time this drops. <laughs> so to me, the difference between music and podcasting is that music takes more time. 
it takes more investment uh with podcasting with one of my other shows like i'll bring on three guests that are all from completely different areas so like it's a lot easier to get views for that you know like my first show that i did as a pilot with uh, my show fine wine on after dark it got like over a thousand views and the next show that i did i did it on someone else's platform i did i did it on the way jazz and tay and uh that one got like a thousand six hundred so it's really just collaborating in public like the more diverse your um interviews are or like the more different areas that you're pulling people from the more you're gonna get people following you so it's a lot easier to get people that way whereas with music it's really you in the beginning because no one's going to collaborate with you until you have something to show for yourself and that that's a long path to get there with podcasting you can start from the ground and get people involved because you just have to talk that's like something you would do anyways it's and, just like having a conversation with a mic yeah and as an artist <laughs> i think i think it's actually a good thing that it takes so long yeah because in all honesty like you're gonna weed out who's really serious and who's not like who's here you know two three years from now like still going at it and they'd be like damn that dude that dude or you know marina lotus is still going at it that's crazy like they have to be dope type of thing you know and um i think that's where like the misconception is you know with artists is like they think it's going to be easy but it's really not and it's super hard but if you keep at it then everything will work out if you i mean if you keep at it but it doesn't necessarily get easier that's for sure yeah it actually (laughs) gets harder like the moment you become known like it's even harder it's harder than it was when you were at the ground level and the more you expand your following the more you have to interact with people too like i'm constantly talking to people like i'm a photographer too so i'm constantly talking to my clients seeing how they're doing because i gotta be a friend to them too you know that's a huge part of any type of art form where you require like where people aren't going to be consistent. You have to you have to reach out to those people and get those bookings. They're not just going to hit you up. Yeah. Like, oh, you need photos for this? Oh, you need an interview for that? You need a feature for that? Like, you just have to really be in contact with people. And the, the bigger that your fan base gets, the more that you're just constantly reaching out to people and trying to make sure that you stay in touch. Yeah, and it can be as well, like, the more you don't work with certain people, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the bigger you get, the more people are going to come at you that you just don't want to fuck with. You know what I mean? Like, it's so funny, like, how everything's full circle. Like, say you want to try to work with the artist who's like, you're not big enough. Get your numbers up. And then you get your numbers up and they're like, hey, like, let's work. And you're like, no, you get your numbers up type shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, not to say, like, that's something I would do because it's not. But I'm not mad at that, though. I'm not mad at that. Energy from people. A lot of people haven't taken me seriously. But now that people actually see how I move and how, like. I've been just doing stuff like behind the scenes and keeping mm-hmm. it low key. Now they're like, oh shit, I should probably do some stuff with Marina. I'm like, no, I saw the way you treated me before. But you know what? I, <laughs> I, I respect that. I definitely respect that opinion. But for me personally, it's just more of like, okay, well, you want to you wanna really do something? You really want to see how I work? Okay, boom, let me show you. And then let's see if you can handle it. That's how I look at it. For it's me, like, it depends on how they treat me. Like, as a female. Oh, know, yeah, so, for sure. Like, if people are disrespectful towards me in the beginning, it's it's a no from the jump. Like, <laughs> And that's something I can't even understand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I get that for sure. That's definitely... Women have it... Honestly, I tell my wife all the time. Hello. Um, <laughs> women have it so much harder at everything. Like, it's just... Yeah. 
They have cooties too. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, I definitely understand what you're talking about. Like, it's actually very hard to find female artists in Seattle. Actually, there's a reason for that. Why is that? It's it's not for everyone. Like, I have a really thick skin, and I don't really care how people perceive me. But I feel like a lot of a lot of women who want to pursue music or modeling or anything like that just aren't really mentally prepared for the work that is actually going to go behind that. Yeah, it's definitely a confidence thing. I mean, Rian and, Rian and I were at a music video shoot the other week, and I remember like, meeting different female artists there. I'm like, oh, what do you do? And just like how they would tell me, like, oh, I'm a singer, just off the energy of how they would reply, I'm like, I don't think you really take yourself seriously. But it's hard to because there's there's not a lot there like do you know many women that do like besides me yeah. other than like the ones who are already big like Paris Alexa and right. people like that like people who are actually just out here trying to work and prove themselves like there's not a lot of women out here that even know how to navigate this because because of the energy that we get from our male counterparts you know like and, and I feel like a lot of that comes down to especially like I can only speak for a man's perspective of course but like you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, what you're saying about some female artists being, like, insecure, it's the same with men, but they just hide it better. Yeah. That's the only difference. Like, there's so many artists that we all know yeah. in this room who are not as serious as some of the female counterparts, right? But they just hide it better. And they'll just be like, raw, I'm the fucking shit. And it's well, like, plus nah. men band together, too. Nah, I don't know about that. A little bit. Really. In my experience, because, like, I'm just bad. I've been a part of teams... <laughs> Where, where I know that the the dudes are like all banding together, and taking advantage of me because I'm a woman. They'll pay me less. I feel that. that I feel from, that. That's yeah. even like from school, even. You know? Oh yeah. It's from like every generation, which is stupid. Well, I think it really comes down to like those dudes are just. I feel like when people do that, they feel threatened by you. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And I know that. That's why it's funny. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And, and honestly, <laughs> I feel like the dudes who are in like groups or whatever, they're not even really that cool. They're just acting like they're cool because somebody has something that they need. True friendships, like in the music industry, entertainment industry, is super fucking rare. Yeah. Like it's extremely rare to have like true friends that you can call and be like, yo, how's your family? Like how many I, I can literally count on my hand, one hand, how many people I can call who I know will truly care about how the fuck my family's doing. I've really learned that this year too, especially because, you know, like, um, I feel like I was moving with a lot of folks that really just aren't for me in this whole COVID situation and all that has really shown who really cares. There are some people that I haven't heard from at all who I really rocked with really heavy from the jump and I'm not going to pretend like I don't notice. So. (laughs) Your demise is coming soon. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Them scissors, the so cuts. Marina, tell me about your opinion of the song WAP. Wow. WAP? You haven't heard it? Uh, who's it by? Cardi B. Cardi B, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing about all those artists. I don't care. I don't like Cardi B. I don't like Nicki Minaj. I think they're all a terrible example. Um, I don't know if you can tell just from looking at me. I'm trying to come up a different way. Like, I'm not going to change myself or, you know, just... I really want to be a good example to young girls. That is my number one goal. That's respectful. And I, I'm willing to work so much harder to do that because 
I don't know. I just, I hate the music they make. I hate the way they present themselves. I hate that they all wear wigs and stuff all the time. Like, show me something something natural. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the women out here are so <laughs> boring to me. Like, they're all the same. Yeah, you're on the Rhapsody wave, you know. And, um, Chica, you know Chica? Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't heard like, a lot of her music, but I heard she's dope, though. Dude, so, so, yeah, I haven't heard that song. Maybe I have, and I just don't care. Well, what do I don't you think know. about, like, women having to, like, sexualize themselves in the um, do you think that's unnecessary, or is that just like the easy way out, or is it? Do you think that might even still be hard to do it that way? That's a great question because I, up until like this point, I have been real serious about not sexualizing myself at all. But uh, recently, within the past couple of months, I've kind of embraced it more. I will say that, but I haven't gone like I still have boundaries. You know, like I don't have an OnlyFans. I know that if I did, it would pop off, but I don't. I might make one. Who knows? Because I'm poor. But I just, I feel like I respect everybody and how they choose to get to the bag in that regard. But I don't feel like it's a necessity. And I hate that so many of the women that I used to work with out here or people who I used to respect have really felt like that's the only way that they can really pave a way for themselves. It's like my following likes me because I'm smart. They like me because I have opinions. I don't have to have my ass out to show that you know like i've been very conservative up to this point and now that i feel like i have that genuine following that understands that i'm also an intellectual i'm able to now kind of like step outside of that a little bit and kind of just have some fun with my art and like if i want to make things a little more sexual i can but it doesn't have to be all about that i think uh you know the artist her yeah yo i think her her yeah that's funny that's funny i think hers approach is like super dope how she came out how she unrolled like you know unrolled unraveled like her her music and stuff you know it's like nobody knew what she looked like for years like nobody you just seen a silhouette of her had no idea what she looked like at all like i don't even think she did like interviews like that for a long time but yeah no she mostly wears turtlenecks and sunglasses and like her big hair like she's well i'm talking about even before people knew what she looked like you know what i mean like it was just like the music the music love my music love the music love the idea of me as a woman and i think that's super super dope and super rare you know and then when people did finally see like she is an attractive woman you know like that was second to the music which is I think it still is exactly that's why I'm really trying to be authentic to myself like I'm just not willing to compromise how I feel in once in a while like I'll kind of be like oh maybe I should do this to help myself make some gains I'm like no wait a second that's not me and it it can be really hard as a woman out here there's a lot of pressure and um, there's a lot of people trying to book me for stuff that I'm not really comfortable with doing and sometimes when I need the money I'm like shit maybe I should just do it you know especially when it comes to like modeling for music videos or something like that you know um because usually that's what those bookings are about. <laughs> I've had so many dudes in my inbox be like, oh, I'd like to book you for a music video. And they'll ask me my rates and everything. But then they also ask if I have a boyfriend. And I'm like, that's really that's really unprofessional. Like, you've really crossed the line there. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, shit is weird. Like, people, people are really strange. I hate when they, like, come at me like they really want to do business. And then, like, days later, then they want to pull that shit on me. After we talk about money, after we make the arrangements, and all of that. Like, really? Now you're going to come at me and try to fuck. Come on. Yeah. No okay. respect. <laughs> Can guys make OnlyFans, or is that not a thing? 
Yes. What is it called? I feel like it's the Wops, same. Wops for a girl. What, what do you, what's a guy's like? Safari hiding? did a remix. It's called uh, Bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. yeah. I heard that. that was awful. Did I didn't. No. Nah, hell no. It was a terrible. I, I mean, who listens to Safari? Well. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. He had a few good songs back in the day. I've never heard any of his songs. I mean, he but that's just me personally. What is with he, Nicki Minaj's voice? That's what I want to know. Why she gotta talk Nicki, like that? That's where she's from, bro. Nah, she nah. doesn't act. I feel like everybody. It, all it is are because because you know when she first like was on uh, I think she was on like Smack TV, like back in the day. Like she like can really rap. Like when she first was coming in, she could like really really rap, and then she just went the pop route and chased the bag, which is cool. You know, like Marine was saying, that's cool if you want to do that, but. Um, I, I sort of have like zero respect for her as an artist. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. You know Same. what I mean? Now, I will say this. Like, you know, I don't like the music that like Cardi B may make all the time, but I respect the business behind what she does. I think she's a very smart businesswoman as well as Meg Thee Stallion, you know, Rhapsody, she Snow the Product. Yeah, they play dumb, but they're super, yeah. super smart. And I mean... Do I agree that you sexualizing yourself is the way to to get it? But I mean, no. But I mean, you get it quicker yeah. that way. So, yeah. yeah. I just think it's stupid. Like on the news, it's still like, oh, Kylie Jenner came out in this stunning dress during the fucking pandemic. Bruh. Don't get me started on that whole family. <laughs> they make me so mad with all their cultural appropriation. Oh shit. That but shit they, has me pissed. They all have black husbands. So. Oh my god, I want to choke them all. They're the ultimate, (laughs) like, their mom is like the ultimate gold digger. Like, she literally taught all of them how to get the bag. And I honestly, like, I I don't even even know what their the mom's name is. Yeah, a lot of these people you just said, you may not like Mm. their Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Bruce. No, Chris, as the actual mom. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Now, what I'm learning with a lot of these people is that, like, even though you may not like their ways, there is something to be learned about how they do stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, I look at them all from a business standpoint. I have learned from all of them. I don't fuck with their music. I don't fuck with a lot of the stuff they do. I, but I still follow them on Instagram because I'm peeping their game. But I'm just, like I said, going But you know what? The, the biggest thing, though, that I do respect about everything you said and everything that I respect about Cardi B, number one, is that she's authentically herself. Fact. No True. matter what. She's 100% herself. Nicki Minaj has never been that. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of other artists, like, female artists are not that. They're like, it's like an act. Like, Cardi B is not acting. That is who she is. She's just a ratchet chick from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? The I do respect her the most out of those types of female musicians. Yeah, I will give her that. There's all those doll girls now who, like, cash uh, But she can, I mean, from what I've heard, she can spit a little bit. And she's from Detroit, too, so. Which one's Cash doll? Isn't that one the yeah, one from Detroit? Now, There's a few dolls. Like, yeah. Barbie's rapping now? Shit. I wonder if there's like anything someone can do to just like blow up overnight, even if it's not music-wise. Of course. Look at Takashi 69 He yeah, did it. Like overnight, though, like wake up in the morning, like do something tonight, 
and in the morning. Probably. Okay. I mean, maybe it'd have to be something violent, like blow up a <laughs> I think it would have to be that, or you would have to like get around a celebrity to do something so wild. Yeah. Like, it would just hit. Yeah, or like that dude slapped Beyonce's ass like when oh, yeah. at the concert. I don't even remember that. Yeah. She kicked That's him out the concert. Move. It was Super Bowl. <laughs> he got kicked out of he got kicked out of the concert, but like he went viral. It's probably worth it. So, oh, so no. why, are you guys, why are you guys waiting so long to post the interviews if you had like a few in the bank so now? We basically just wanted to stockpile enough and have ourselves ready to when it was time to go live um, October fifteenth, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Friday? Professionalism. That's what he's saying. That's a. I think it's a Tuesday. What Which day is it? It's a Tuesday, I think. Yeah, it's a Tuesday. The thirteenth is a Tuesday. But yeah, basically, we just want to stockpile it. And Friday the thirteenth is November. Okay, but yeah, and just wow. have it have ourselves set up to where all we have to do is just push a button. We don't have to think about you know. Okay, we have to scramble to get someone else for this next. That's just time. better from like a business standpoint yeah. too. Like, just to have it prepared so we can focus on the marketing mm-hmm. versus just be like, oh, we recorded it. Drop it. Like, mm-hmm. that would have been a waste. We There's so much more potential to be had, I feel. Don't you feel it. like you have to, like, censor stuff on, like, certain topics then? Because, like, what if somehow by October everything goes back to normal? There's no fucking virus. Some things are not even worth talking about anymore. Like, wow. Like, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it's content. I mean, I feel like... We don't worry about that because that's not what we're there to talk about. Yeah, we're not really talking about trends. We're, we're talking t- more about like acquiring knowledge and being able to apply that knowledge exactly. to your life you know, to, like, to grow a more valuable career. Yeah. Yeah, it's more about the guest's journey more than anything. So if that correlates with what's going on, cool. If it doesn't, that's fine too, but that's not the point. The point is just for people to get more insight into whatever profession or story um, that we have. So that's what's important. And I'm sure as time goes on, like, we'll reach out to, you know, the fans we acquire, you know, via all of us, or collectively or separately, you know, and be like, you know, who would you like to see on the podcast? What kind of person would you like to see? You know, and then we'll reach out to people if we know them. If we don't know them, we'll get connected to people who do know them type of thing. I think it makes sense for you guys to do what you're doing, especially because you guys are making music, photography, whatever else, like family lives, if you have a kid. Yeah. King Dow's busy chasing girls. <laughs> <laughs> But like I, I think I, that makes sense. I'm just. I mean, I feel like no matter how we went about it, we're we're all good communicators. So I feel like we'd be able to work out still releasing episodes however often we wanted to, even if we did drop them um, regularly from talk the jump. But we just yeah, we talk every day. But like we just decided that this was the best way for us to go about it. Really. So are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> Is this like an experiment for you guys, though? Or are you guys ready to like be in the long haul? Because it definitely does take a long-ass time, in my opinion, to get a podcast off the ground. I mean, like I said earlier, it just takes... One second. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. I did a lot of research before I started my podcast, and it's like eight episodes, eight to ten episodes before people call it quits, or some shit like that. So how do you guys know for sure that this is something you guys want to take seriously? Or is it an experiment? I mean, I mean, I'll speak for myself personally. Anything that I add on to, like, the brand of King Dao is something that I believe in. Um, and that's not a lot of things. So um, whatever that is, that just means, like, I know this is going to help feed where I'm going. And I'm sure that's how we all feel about this platform. So um, all three of us, anything we start that we believe in, like, we see it to the end until it blows up or we find out later down, like, okay, we might have to 
do something else or whatever, but you know, we, we put a lot of energy and time and consistency into this, so um, I think action speaks louder than words, so we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I feel like engagement isn't even necessarily the number one thing. If people fall off after 10 episodes, cool, whatever. Maybe we'll get new followers. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be bringing on different people to the show. And we'll find different ways to spice it up, too. I've already been thinking about different ways to keep things interesting. So, um, I don't know. I just, I'm not really concerned about that because I feel like the three of us have a lot to speak on. And we've already, we've already shown that there are people that are interested in what we have to say. That's why we're doing it. People want us to. So, with that said, just why not? And if we plan it and execute it properly and we have that consistency, then it shouldn't really be an issue, which is why we're choosing to drop the episodes in the way that we are versus just having it be all like random and like not planned. If we're like, hey, you know, this is when you can expect this. I feel like people are going to be more likely to be into it. You know, I've done a couple shows in my time and I've, I, I feel like I've seen how to grow them. So I don't know the people falling off and stopping watching. I don't really feel like that's really going to happen, but even if it does, that's okay. Are you guys ever going to do just like you guys talking or do you use it? You guys going to have a guest on or we were talking about that the other day, me and King. I don't know if Emmanuel was there for that, but, um, I wasn't, this is, this is new to me, but I mean, yeah. it's cool. I'm cool. I'm yeah. Cool. We were, me and King were talking about actually having like more episodes. That's just the three of us so that people can get to know us more throughout the show. Um, between guests because I felt like that would kind of add some variety too. I like it. Yeah, like if we did like every fourth episode or something where it's just us talking about what see? we want to talk Boom. about. that quick. See? Done. In the- <laughs> yeah, see, so that's, that's kind of how we navigate. We're always thinking about different ways to change things and sometimes it's a surprise to one of us. What's, so. <laughs> what's the difference between these new co-hosts you have now versus like your old co-hosts? Um, what a question. <laughs> sorry guys, I feel like I'm talking so much. I'm so sorry. Nah, do it. <laughs> Uh, well, with my first show, I was just kind of put onto it, right? So I was like assigned it with After Dark. And um, I feel like I didn't really have a lot of say in what was going on. Like I just showed up and asked questions. That was really it. I didn't have like, not only that, it was more of like a social thing. It was like homies just coming and hanging out. And I'm a little... I don't want to throw a shade, but I'm a little more professional than that. I like to have things more planned out. So I wasn't really that invested into it. I was just coming to meet people. And that's when I first moved out to Seattle. So like, how many people did I interview? Like 30, 40? I met a ton of rappers out here. And that made it really easy for me to judge everybody on the scene really fast. I was like, okay, you're about your business. You're not. Like, I was able to separate that from the jump. So I haven't had to mess around with anybody that's not worth my time. So... Going from there, I had the idea to start my other podcast, Fine Wine, um, and I piloted it on that show because I was like, okay, if we already have a consistent following who's watching the show, and they've been watching it for like the past three years, um, usually it's like 800 to 2,000 people watching each one. I'm going to pilot my show on this, so I did that, and I brought, I always bring on like a bunch of guests. Like I had the Modus Band, the La Fonda Sisters, and then Charlie Cash, and that's... Uh, three very different genres so i brought like very different genres of music together to talk about similar issues and that show is geared towards um women and 
how we navigate the industry. So it was fire too, tonight. by the way. It was super fire <laughs> when I watched it. Super yeah, dope. so we're taking a step back with that show and we're trying to do kind of a similar thing that this one is doing where we're going to kind of stockpile our episodes and release it as a season because um, it's a lot to plan. I'm not going to lie. Um, since I'm since we do interview a lot of people at once, sometimes some details get lost in the sauce, especially if you're interviewing like five or six people. So trying to put that together once a month was a lot for me with everything else that I already do because it's primarily my project. So um, I don't really have like timestamps on it right now, but like it just is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot from from both of those shows. And so moving forward, I, I feel like those those two very different um, styles of shows have really prepared me for this. And I feel like that was really the primary reason why I even had those shows to begin with was for this. So like, you know, that's beautiful. (laughs) But how do you feel about us two as co-hosts? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I felt like that part was missed. Okay, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm sort of kidding. I mean, you don't have to um, say anything. Well, with the first show I did, I felt like my my I don't want to say my opinion didn't matter because that sounds hella shady but I just felt like there wasn't a lot of value from my my value wasn't being recognized and I have gone through that so many times with so many projects that I've been a part of people invite me to do this and they don't actually want me to like really be a part of it and so for me with this show like I really respect Emmanuel and King because they've approached me differently than anybody ever really has in this scene they are like the first people to really take me seriously. So um, I'm just, I don't know. It's its cool to be able to actually come on here and be able to speak my piece and um, have people that respect me and want to grow with me too versus people who just want to take advantage of um, where I come from or the few things that they think I know. You know, people usually just kind of put me in a box and they haven't done that. So that's why I'm excited to have a show with them. That's dope. <laughs> so, you brought, how do you go about like finding podcasts in like the Seattle area? Because I know me personally, I actually kind of struggle to find other podcasts. I don't think there really are any, honestly, that are like consistent. I think you're the most consistent one. I feel like when we're talking about podcasts, that we kind of like put it in a box of like hip hop podcasts. Because there's always, there's so many other podcasts too, though, you know? Mm. Like Health podcasts, science podcasts, fucking That's true. history podcasts. That's I mean, a good point. Peter's show is consistent. Creatives chat. Oh yeah. I didn't speak really on him look. because I don't, I don't know him personally. But I mean, yeah. I do believe what you're saying for sure. Yeah, he's super consistent. But I feel like it comes down to the connections and the promotion. A lot of people don't know how to exactly. promote podcasts out here, and um, a lot of people don't have necessarily like a consistent following that they know what to do with. Like they'll come and post their show. But they just don't know how to get it so people see it. Right. So. Yeah, there are randomly big platforms that I just randomly come across. I'm like, how the fuck is this so big? I don't know what it is. Whether it's like a YouTuber or whatever. Because well, there's actually some crazy huge YouTubers out here. Like fucking huge. That's dope. And I'm like, how the fuck do I not know who these people are? It's probably because, you know, I think the honest, like, biggest thing is, is probably not looking. Hmm. You know, you look for the things that are relatable to you. Most of the time outside of yourself, you know what I mean? You're probably like, you're probably one of the only people I know who doesn't box in yourself. Like, and I mean, I mean that in the most 
respect for where there is. I mean, because I mean, even I box myself into what's like relevant to me because I mean, like it doesn't make sense for me to go outside of that, you know, but like there is no limit to what you do. Yeah, of course. I don't even have one. I have one. I never post, but I think I think TikTok is. I'll let Ken go first. I'm I'm long winded. I mean, for me, I love TikTok. I mean, as far as the kind of artist I am, I'm a dancer as well. So, and uh, as you know, my music's very different, right? It's very weird. So, TikTok allows. (laughs) I know. TikTok allows me to, uh, you know, just really channel into like my visual aspect and and help my music pop. And uh, you know, I've gained a lot of fans through that because uh, it it, it shows them another side of me besides the music videos, the music itself. Like, oh. He's being goofy with this stuff. I can do that too, and then all my fans want to be a part of it. So I think uh, if it if it's uh, if it makes sense for your brand, you should do it. I definitely agree with everything you just said, and I think the most important thing people should take away from that is you're doing something that's authentic to you. I feel like most people on TikTok they follow a trend. Yeah. Right. So when you follow the trend, when the trend dies, you no longer have a sustainable fan base to continually grow off of. What King does is truly original to King Dow, right? So, like, I seen, you know, it's so crazy. Um, so, like, the WAP, right? We were talking about that earlier. So, like, they're doing, like, a WAP challenge on TikTok now, right? Everybody's doing it, right? Because it, it well, makes I want, sense. I want to see people go to, like, McDonald's and be like, uh, can I order some WAP? <laughs> 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 but it's, it's crazy because there was a dude who I've never heard of a day in my life, and he's from here. And he did, like, a WAP freestyle. And it was super fire. Like, it was super fire. But I'm like, yo. I'm like, I was like, instantly, I'm like, yo, where's this dude from? So I clicked his profile, and it's like Seattle. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And I looked him up, and I was like, who the fuck is this dude? Right? But he's only going to be remembered for that. Right? And I heard some of his music, and he's fire. So it's like, okay, you're literally riding this wave, but what happens after this wave dies? That's why I don't have a TikTok. I don't feel like it's sustainable for me. Like, I feel like King's music and his style of art, like, TikTok appeals to a certain age group, and I feel like they're the people who are really into weird shit. I, and King is making that. So, But you know what? Him. I do disagree <laughs> with the age group. I used to think the same thing, but, like... Exactly. Will Smith is on TikTok and for he sure. smashes. You know what I'm saying? Like the people, the people who are like largely successful on TikTok. Yeah, like for people sure. People who are making really good content that's really like catching on that are gonna like continue to be successful on it. I feel like are like age nineteen to twenty four right now. Like it's yeah. like that. Like the age is like kind of like right underneath me. Like they know a lot about it. I don't know shit. I mean, Instagram I've... is good for me because I'm a model. So, yeah, I feel like, I mean, (laughs) I could do, I can do TikTok, you know, with just being myself. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm a very private dude. So sometimes like, is it really worth the, the clout, Mm -hmm. you know, the, um, momentary clout to give people access to who I am? Let's get very conspiracy. 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 Conspiracy theories. I hate TikTok with passion. First of all, <laughs> I hate that you can get instant gratification because I always thought that wasn't like a real thing and make money off of it. Mm, yeah. TikTok, you can literally get that instant gratification and actually make money. On Instagram, you get that instant gratification. Nothing really happens, but you get like a few likes and you feel good. But you can actually make money, which is fucking. But that's now though, because 
Because, I mean, when, when Instagram began, it was the same way. Yeah, but the thing is, also, it's a Chinese-owned company, right? True. So I have some friends who have, like, little sisters, little cousins that use it. And, like, they showed me, like, these, like, things of, like, people sending, like, little girls TikToks of, like, oh, this is what happens when we get on our period. We, like, eat our period. Maxi pads. Or we're That's pregnant, disgusting, or we're bro. Pregnant at like ten years old. See, I'm oh, saying like, like it's just like, too weird. There's like no, there's like fucking like weird propaganda shit on TikTok that no one really wants to talk about, and it's fucking like that dark is weird. Shit, and like little kids are finding this shit and like thinking, oh, I'm a ten year old I mean, girl starting my. P- Kids are on YouTube with the same stuff. Like, I used to be a caregiver for autistic kids, and people will make videos of like of like Peppa Pig, like cutting stuff up with knives. You know what I'm saying? Like that stuff is just mixed in yeah. with with the normal videos. Like there's some really dark, twisted stuff in there, and there's disabled kids and like, young kids that are stumbling across that, that stuff. Like, yeah, what they're to an extent. No, they they changed it. They definitely changed it with their um, new policies you on YouTube. Like, that's good because exactly, like a, exactly. Yeah. That's really well. People people still lie though, because when I was caregiving, that stuff would pop up on the TV, and I'd be like, but hold you, on a second. Right, but they'll squash their account though. As yeah. soon as they find out, they're done. Dude, so like, is a Chinese yeah. app that's somehow made it into the U.S. And there's no copyright laws in the in China, so that's yes. why people are allowed to make money here in the U.S. But if it was mm. owned by Microsoft, like it's gonna happen, or it's gonna get fucking banned. Microsoft that's, and Walmart trying to buy it or yeah, something like that. Yeah, when they like buy that. it, then you can't make money off of other people's music. That's what's happening. People are making money off other people's music, and they have no talent, and they're just lip singing or fucking dancing. It's stupid. I mean, now I that hate it. now that reels are a thing. I mean, Yes. Like that Instagram is like mimicking TikTok. I mean, we'll see how long TikTok's around now. <laughs> all the- Instagram really just keeps on kind of taking everything. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, but honestly, that's sort of like it's sort of like the recipe to success. Facts. You know, you take you take what works and you make it happen. I mean, Facebook is probably one of the biggest companies in the world, so they can. I mean, they literally bought Instagram from the people who made Instagram and then said, we got this, we're going to blow it up. Instagram was so much cooler before Facebook bought it. And they have virtual reality. Exactly. Honestly, though, like, I'm the most personal with my Snapchat people because it's consistent. See, I don't use that either. I have one, I I just don't. You know what? Because that's, that's the only way. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to see what I'm doing, really. I'm really personal on there, but I don't feel comfortable letting people in like that on my other platforms because I'm really picky with who's on my Snapchat. Yeah. So those people who I want to know that information about me because it's like my, my cult following, if you will. Right. But because um, I, I only have like 60 people on there. Like there's a cap, you know, I go through and delete people pretty regularly, too. It's, it's crazy because like out of everything we're talking about, all these different platforms, it's a big three that every like artist podcast or whatever works with you know what i'm saying they work with what like works best for them so listeners work with what's best for you yeah. right so if True. you're good with instagram you know twitter facebook cool yeah. if you're good with you know tiktok youtube snapchat good for you you know so yeah i need to get on twitter that's my next move i just don't have the energy you know what twitter is low-key the best place to be if you're trying to get in the entertainment industry yeah. I know I need to do Reddit too. It's just Reddit's man, too hard, man, for me. I just want to lay on the floor and cry when I think about making a Twitter. It just sounds like so much extra energy, especially since I'm so late to the party. Yeah, we're going to make you a Twitter after this. Yeah. How about that? You know what I've been Boom. thinking, though? <laughs> so you know how like, we think other countries are like, completely so serious. brainwashed? You know, like how we think Bless. China's just completely brainwashed? 
They're I mean, probably thinking we're completely brainwashed. What if we like, are? Like, what if we are actually brainwashed? We are. Everyone is in their own way. We are. We're okay. all just like a product of a different algorithm. Like, I always think about this. Think about it in this way. Like, our government literally puts people in certain situations to make a certain product. Like, I mean, it's all so intentional. It's an experiment. Yeah. Truly. I definitely. Okay, an example. I'm from the north side of Spokane, where black people can't buy houses. There's not a lot of people like me. The red over there? Yeah, hella. Damn. Hella red And I went through a lot of really weird stuff over there. But, like, no one can really relate to it. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's just, it's an example, right? So, like, I grew up that way. That was intentional. The government was intentional. The government imposes laws and things like that on certain communities and they also only allow certain resources in those areas it's like having poisoned water or only having certain foods available to you like when i went to atlanta um i walked through like the the aisle with like period supplies and they didn't have like any organic options and i was like that's interesting i wonder why that is probably demographic this is a black community yep demographic. they don't want you to have a healthy area you know what i'm saying like that 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 goes everywhere. That's, it's like having PCC in a white neighborhood, but only having Walmart and that's, in a black neighborhood. And that's definitely real because I mean I'm from Virginia, as everybody in this room knows, right? So Wait, where are you from? Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like I uh I I don't think I've ever seen like a real organic store until I moved here. And I was like, Whole Foods? What's that? I really like, struggled with Walmart. keeping up my diet yeah, while exactly. I was in Atlanta for that reason. There was n- like the things that I needed were not available. It wasn't an option. So everyone over there was like, we don't know how to do this. Like we literally can't because it's not available. Like everybody eats off of styrofoam plates. Why do we still use styrofoam? What the styrofoam fuck? Plates? Yeah, man. Yeah, the East Cookout Coast plates, people, bro. Cookout plates. Go that. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, man. Back. That's what you do. You, like you don't use you don't use the China back east. You know what I'm saying on some like cookout food. You yeah, get the styrofoam. Days, styrofoam. It. No, it's styrofoam. It's yeah. weird. And you get the you double them. You double or triple the plates. And you just, yeah. Whenever I go east, it's styrofoam cups, styrofoam plates, yeah. and that's just what's available to the community. Like on the east side here, like all the stores don't like you don't have to ask for like a key to get into the bathroom. Like that. that was crazy to me to, too. Or if you go to Seattle though, or like far south or far north, there's like keys you have to use. There's like bars on certain freaking yeah. restaurants or whatever. Or like if you're like in the east side, like Bellevue, you can't find like a cultural section or like do rags mm. or anything like that. I was going to get into that because I remember before I started growing my hair out and I was like having waves and shit. I'm like, damn, let me go to the store and get a do rag because yeah, you know like. Yeah, cause like back east, like yeah, right. You need a do rag everywhere. You can go to the, you can go to Seven Eleven and get a damn, you know, do rag. But like here, I had to order that shit. I had to order a brush to yeah. brush my hair. Like growing up, I couldn't find any stuff for myself because I lived in such a white area. There was nothing for it, and my mom didn't know anything, and my dad was in jail or like not around a lot of the time. So like, I didn't even know how to be black. I identified as white until I was in high school. Like that shit was intentional. You see what I'm saying? Like government. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they intentionally have black people out here in white communities, especially like in foster care. Like considering there's four hundred thousand people in the foster care system, most of them are probably black, and they're mostly probably going to white families. Speaking. Why do you think that is? To whitewash them so that we can 
whitewash our own communities and get all confused and be at each other's throats. It's so crazy that you say that about like it not being a lot of black people here. I always tell this story, but I remember when I first came here, I think I was telling you this on the last uh, pod I was on with you. Like I, me and my wife were shopping in a store and we seen some black people and they just like they waved at us. And then I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Because like back east, like that shit don't happen. You know what I'm saying? You just see a black person. You just keep walking. You know what I mean? And they were like, hey. Like, they, like, yelled at us from her. Because it's like, hey. And I'm like, hi. I'm trying to shop. And, and then, like. happens to me all the time in Spokane. But like, look. Then, then they walked up. And they was like, hey, my name's da 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 And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, I why? Don't like, I don't understand. Business? But I realized it's exactly like you were saying. It's not that many black people out here. So, like, when they see you, it's like, yo, we got to be friends. And, like, me being from the East Coast, like, that never happened. Like, ever. Like, if you see a black dude, you sort of, like, and this comes back to the appropriation. You sort of mean mug him. What the fuck are you looking at? Type shit. And it's, like, it's sad, honestly. But, you know, here it's like, hey. When I was in the airport in Denver today, (laughs) complete different experience of being in the airport in Atlanta. In Denver, like, every old white couple that walked past me stared at me so hard. I literally, I yelled at somebody for staring at me today. They were sitting across from me, and they were just like, and I like, looked up like on four separate occasions. I waited for like five minutes for them to stop. And I was like, yo, fucking stop staring at me, bro. It's so unnecessary. Like, why are you doing this? Dude, yeah, why the fuck <laughs> but that shit is normal. Like, I've gone through that my entire life. And yeah. I'm not even that dark. <laughs> I am. I think it's all <laughs> I am. Literally everywhere I go, I'm like, why are you staring at me? Or like when I was when I was in Atlanta, this white person, one of the only white people that I saw shove their whole hand in my hair their whole hand and like i like pivoted i was like whoa what y'all really that like i should have stomped him out but i was just so taken aback because i didn't expect for that to happen in atlanta from were you just from behind you yeah they were walking behind me and we had been talking earlier like in the hotel they were talking to me they walked behind me to shove their hand in my hair they made they made contact with my skin on my neck and i was like whoa you really just did that Unwarranted. You just shoved your hand in my hair in Atlanta. What the fuck? (laughs) White people, bro. That's the thing with being like biracial too. I feel like I had a black person do the same thing to me the next day. A black person shoved their hand in my hair. You know why they're doing that though? That's true. That's very true. You can't even see my nails. You guys have beautiful curls, but um. It's because, like, at least, at least from what I've seen on my life, you know, living on the East Coast, is like when you give the energy, like you'll allow it, they'll try it. But if you, you don't, no, there, I though? feel you. But you gotta understand, like, because you exist. okay, well, shit. <laughs> what I was gonna say, like, you gotta understand, it's like, it's like, you know, I remember when I first moved here, people were like, "Where are you from?" And I was like, damn, how you know I ain't from here? It's just the energy, like, you know, I just, fuck you both. You guys both got me saying, exactly. No, for real. But, like, I, I said energy. And you and you and Marina and your kid, fuck. Y'all just keep having me say that shit. But anyways, it's like, you know, like, when you, like, just give off that that feeling like you're not from there, people can smell that. And I think that's sort of like what it was in Atlanta for you. It's like, she ain't from here. Let me fuck with her. <laughs> Touch your hair. <laughs> Touch your hair. I love that hair. For real. I got some really weird approaches. People definitely could tell I was a tourist. 
<laughs> I mean, you probably were our starry eye, like, oh, shit. no, I wasn't. Okay, good. Nah, I don't. <laughs> I've, been, hmm. <laughs> I've been to too many places at this point. Like, I, I consider myself pretty well traveled, considering that I haven't left America. You know, like, I've been to most of the states, at least half. But you know what? A lot of people don't know going to different states is sort of like leaving the country. It is. Like, when I went to New York, I knew better than to just be holding my phone up like this. Or to be, like, distracted by what's going on around me because there are people who are professional at pickpocketing. Yeah, you'll get robbed in New York. I had I had friends that got robbed that were there with me on the choir trip, but I wasn't going to be the one. Because <laughs> you were doing what? You had your phone out? Tourist. Yeah, if, if you look like a tourist in New York, you're going to get robbed. Straight up. Like, someone will take your watch off your wrist. I mean, New York City is the, the biggest city in, in America. What happens here? Is anything? Nothing. Especially Honestly, this is the... This, this, this city... Is it's a big city that doesn't feel like a big city. Because it has old money. If that makes sense, like it moves, like life moves so slow here. Yeah. And when I tell people that, like they're like, "What?" I'm Which like, "Yo, you don't." <laughs> it's because you're from the east, though. People, people out here don't even know. People out here really genuinely do not know. And I mean, it comes, <laughs> it comes back to what you were saying earlier about, like you know, um, us being in a bubble. You know, like in this country, which we are 100 percent because we don't understand what goes on in other countries. And I've had the pleasure of going to different countries to see what they live like. We're blessed. Let's just leave it at that. But I mean, you know, Washington State is in such a. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like it's like we're on cloud nine here, even though you have your own issues in every city and every place. It does not it does not like compare to the rest of the U.S. whatsoever. Like, you, it's like, I feel like, um, you know how, like, in certain places it'll be raining, like torrential downpour, and then when you, like, look, you can see, like, sun, like, maybe yeah. two miles above the road, you know, up the road. That's what Washington's like. Dude, we have every it's like, but what I'm saying is, is, like, that's how, like, that, that bubble is. It's like, we're just in the sunshine, and then as soon as you get out the state, torrential downpour, and you're like, what the fuck just happened here? Like, what did I just walk into? And it's like, yeah, welcome to the world. Welcome to what America is like now. And I feel like people who live in small towns, like, when I went to Cheyenne, Wyoming, most people who live there had never left. And it's just this little country town near Denver. That's crazy too, yeah. And Spokane is similar. A lot of people who live there have really only been to Idaho or Montana. So their worldview is just very close. And so the more that I've traveled, the more that I've been like, wow, you know, people are actually different. But a lot of people aren't even willing to go and expand their horizons. Or when they do go on vacation, they do that like bougie like Miami. Or or like they when they do go somewhere else, they stay in a hotel. Like when when I go somewhere, I'm trying to stay with the locals. Like when I was in Atlanta, I was sleeping on people's couches trying to see how they lived. Like I was in the hood. I wanted to see what was up. Yeah, that wasn't safe, but cool. Yeah, I, hey, I respect it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get yeah, it. Hey, I get it, I though. Really, I like to see other people's other people's worlds. Like, if I'm going to come and go somewhere, like, I'm going to well, chill with you let me, let and me, see what's up. How did you even get up in that position? Too? Dude, this is a crazy story, how I ended up in Atlanta. Okay? So, like, last Sunday, I was at a meditation protest that I helped organize my friend Peter. And um, this girl, yeah, shout out Peter. <laughs> This girl walked past and I liked her hair and I was like, "Yo, she touched it? no." Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Never <laughs> 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 my hands all up and in it." No, I was like, "Hey, your hair is really pretty." And she was like, "Oh, thank you." And I was like, "Are you a model?" I had my I had my camera on me, so it's less creepy. And she was like, "I am actually." And so we just started talking, and she mentioned that she was gonna go to Atlanta, 
And I was like, oh, dope. If you pay for my flights, I'll go with you. And she was like, okay, bet. And I was like, dope. And so we flew out two days later. Yeah, that's wild, ain't it? I just that's manifest things in my life. When I watch it, I get it. But I am going to say this to you as a friend. Yeah. As a business partner, stop doing that. Because, I mean, but but hear me out. But hear, no, 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 hear me, hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because some cities aren't as welcoming as others. Like, you can't go get in the trenches because, like, you might not lead the trenches. Let me give you a story. So, I mean, you know, uh, my dad's from Danville. I'm not I mean, stupid. I feel you, but I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about like places worse than Danville. Let me give you an example. My cousin, rest in peace, who's no longer here. He, um, <laughs> so most of my family's from Trenton, New Jersey. Terrible place. Never go. Like, just don't. But um, I remember he, he caught his own neighbors plotting on how to rob him and kill him. Like, he was like, he like, he caught him out. Like he was sitting on his back porch and heard them on the front porch. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to get his ass tomorrow night type shit. Da, 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 da. And he's like, well, God damn, like I can't even live here like peacefully. Like they're trying to like rob me. And they're like, yeah, he's usually not home around this time type shit. So like, you know, it's like, did he approach them or did he get killed? <laughs> he left. He just, he just moved out. He moved out. That it, I think like maybe a couple of days later. <laughs> There's a whole different story and a whole different background <laughs> with that that like goes into that that I don't even want to get into right now, um, but uh, yeah, he he was good and um, I mean he 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 passed by other things, but um, yeah, like even just like that type of energy, like that's in that's for real, like that's really yeah, in some facts. places. I mean, homegirl that was going to Atlanta, yeah, she goes there regularly, so I was only hanging around her people. Okay. I wasn't trying cool. to like I I hung out with one person outside of her circle that right. entire time. and and and, 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 and you, know? I, you know I wasn't assuming that you were doing that I'm just yeah. like as a friend I'm just telling you to be <laughs> don't go out and die careful. and do stupid shit no nah, yeah, because no. because I, even, I catch wave legs real quick no because even sometimes like people within that circle can be not what you expect like get out type stuff exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay you know still haven't seen that movie like Seattle's like the number one like sex really guys so many people got kidnapped from that shop space that's why i like my friend shout out nick jones who's gonna be on the show tomorrow i got shut shut down people were getting kidnapped shot and there was like no medical supplies people were just doing drugs that's why my friends were so nervous about me being there by myself because people were literally going missing and i was watching people get kidnapped and shit basically like i saw people get taken in vans from homeless is that homeless? i kept telling you was that homeland security <laughs> or what i mean yeah there was homeland security i felt like i got tagged at a certain point and then i stopped going i i literally balled out of the city i was like okay i'm doing like media surveillance it is not safe for me to be out here anymore so i just left i drove away yeah. That's i smart. i can see how i can okay here's the thing about me when I'm out doing stuff that's dangerous or whatever, like I peep it on the outside. Like I just be watching everybody else. I be watching the police. What? I be watching people how they move. But like, wow. But like, you surveillance I, <laughs> I'm not gonna speak on that. Um, <laughs> um, I just feel like my time kind of came and went with protesting. I don't really feel safe going back anymore. See, I was talking to King Down. I feel like that's such a long thing to say. Do people even actually call you King Down? Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> when they talk about my music, yeah. But a lot of people that know me close in our music realm say Down for short. King. I'm just really bad at nicknames. So you call me Emmanuel, though. Sometimes. Sometimes I call you. You honest? Well, 
that must be new because usually like for a long time you're like yeah Emmanuel Emmanuel and I was like damn he's the only one that does that that's cool a lot of people just call me Spokane and I'm that's really annoying <laughs> I've been listening to my previous interviews I need to cut down on swearing I don't think you swear that much I swear I've never heard you swear to be honest really. maybe you just don't hear it anymore probably. yeah probably part of my simulation probably desensitized to your swearing but no I mean my full name is King Dowdow so King Dowdow was Anyways, me and him were talking because we did like a little music video thing. I'm still working on it. It's oh, going to take a while. Um, we were talking about how we think these protests are like causing more of a racial divide than helping. Yeah. Anything. So intentional. Mm-hmm. Another thing. <laughs> like white people really, it's like they're just bored. Honestly, I mean, white people are the ones that are so upset about this shit. They're the ones that are out there. Okay, it's it's the white women that are dating black men that are out there like fuck the police. Oh my god, it's like bro, sit down. You're not supposed to be the one talking. You're supposed to be a body that's in between the police I and the other black people. Person that's actually like super like, like George Floyd, especially no one like probably because we're the, used to it and it's not yeah, safe. It's not safe for us to be out there like that. I mean, I mean, it's their job to freak out about it, though. I think the pro, like those little Black Lives music festivals that happened in Seattle, I thought that was pretty cool. Like Nestor, oh, my yeah, friends yeah. Nestor did that. There's really actually cool. a lot of really productive stuff going on here. Like there's the Occupy space well, over the at the museum. Not, the the chop. This is the thing that pisses me off. Is the media has made it seem like the only things that are going on are the violent protests, but there are so many more things. Like there, there were like twelve protests a day in Seattle. For like months, there were legislative protests. There was boycotting businesses. I went and boycotted PCC, and we we delivered a list of demands. We were like, we want to see black products in the front of the store, and we like went around the store and we're like, what do you guys actually have here? They showed us two beers and a box of crackers. And we're like, you know, that's really not going to cut it for us. You're in the central district. You need more black stuff than that. We want a whole aisle in the front. We need some forty ounces. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? So like. The thing that's really frustrating for me is like I was out there working on legislation and things like that, but people just see the violent, the one violent protest that's chop in any protest that's associated with the police is going to be violent by nature because that is, that's you know, that's exactly. That's so it's, just, it's, it's the media perception, but there is so much more going on. Like I was organizing to get books for kids. I was organizing to make it so that people could go paint in the park. You know, like I'm still working on that shit on the down low, but like no one wants to hear about it. People just want to see the stuff that is inciting violence. What an array of topics we've been talking well, about. Really, why are there more? There's like protests like just two days ago, basically. Like why are hmm. there still protests going on? I didn't know they were. There are so many. They're still going on. The museum is still occupied. That's crazy. Like, what the fuck is going on? I'm pretty sure Omar is still out there, but you're not going to hear about it. Me, personally, like, when it comes to me, Marina have talked about this a good amount. Like, <laughs> I don't need to be in no protest, man. Because, like, I feel like... I mean, that, it's not even number about one. Coronavirus. I always say there's no place for a black man at these protests. Straight up. There's not. Why would you go? That's asking to, one, die. Two, be targeted. Fair. Or, like, three, get arrested for nothing. That's so stupid. Why would we send our dudes out there? Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, me just knowing myself, like, even though it may not seem like it, like, I'm a hothead dude. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, I might be out there like, yeah, you know, this shit ain't right, whatever. And somebody throw a bottle, and I might go fuck up the dude who threw a bottle. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it really worth it for that? Or can I find, like, a way to do change, you know, in my own way? you know, uh, through, through my platform. 
And honestly, I feel like out of everything we're talking about, about the protests, I feel like people are doing it for the likes, not for the love. It's for the, it's, it's, it's for the, exactly, it's for the moment because, I mean, look at it, like, when everything first happened with, you know, George Floyd and, you know, Breonna Taylor, like, the noise was so loud, but it's getting quiet now. I mean, yeah. let's think about why it got quiet. The media, the media, <laughs> they they did what they came here to do. You know, like they wanted Black Lives Matter to be a big thing for a couple months so that people would start hating us again more blatantly. Mm. They would see us as more violent. It was more to divide us apart. We all knew that from the jump. We predicted that. And I noticed because, yeah. you know, I was out there doing live feeds and stuff. And I noticed like part of the way through the whole situation like my stuff started being less accessible to people in the beginning my lives and stuff were like at the top of everybody's news feeds but as time progressed you don't see my posts about black lives matter and stuff anymore because they don't want you to see it it's part of the algorithm that's a good point what's, what's, what's trying right now then? i mean i still think brianna taylor is because like it's just crazy how you get killed in your own house and dude still like Walking around, you know. Did what I'm you saying? see what happened to her boyfriend too? Didn't he like agree to ten years? I don't. I don't know what happened. I haven't honestly followed it, but that's crazy. If that did happen, I think that they um, kind of targeted him with that and kind of like spun the situation. I haven't done a lot of research on that again in the past couple of weeks, but I'm pretty sure he took a, a plea or whatever. What is he taking a plea for? What did he do? They're trying to say that it's his fault or whatever. How is it his fault that somebody came in and killed his girlfriend? <laughs> right it's crazy to me but they're trying to spin it and make i don't even know but you know whereas i'm sure there's money involved one one thing you know i think that nobody's talking about that really pisses me off that uh i was actually talking to some friends about the other day is like what's up with all these people who are locked up with weed charges oh my god you know what i'm saying (laughs) i'm being for real like there's like i know people who have done like serious time for weed and it's legal are you kidding me? Are you going to expunge their records? Are you going to wipe their, I their record clean? I tell you like, all about why that's a thing. Because the legalization of weed was not for our people. It was of actually, course. It was actually to take the industry away from us. Like I believe that. Dealing 100%. weed and drugs is like one of the number one ways that black people get their money. So why like, <laughs> That's a big fact. Let's legalize the shit. <laughs> let's legalize it. <laughs> that's not funny, but it is sort of funny, though. I mean... Like, that, that's the industry that white people gave us. They put drugs in our communities. That's what they made us do mm-hmm. on purpose. So then they got Crack all of our men locked up. Now all of our sons are gay. Not all of them, but a lot because they're being raised by women. And then you've got Wait, like a lot of a lot of kids no. on the East Coast nowadays and stuff are gay. No, kind of, but I, I get what she's saying. I, I get it. it. It's more prevalent. It. It's on the rise. If you look at the statistics, there's more black black mean? boys I that are coming up. It's weird that we can't even talk about. I can talk about it. No, I'm just saying in general. <laughs> yeah. Why does it look so prone? It's really you know, sensitive. You know why? I'm going to tell you oh, why so it is. Why is it now prone? Like, I got to finish talking about the weed first before we get into that. So, like, with the this whole weed situation, <laughs> white people just literally took over our industry so that they could make money from it. It has nothing to do with actually making it legal for, for our benefit. You know what I'm saying? And now weed is so shitty, too, because white people don't know how to grow that shit. Eh. So now King County Equity now in Seattle, you know, they, they've been trying to like pass some some things. The Uncle Ike's has to pay a fee for, you know, taking over our stuff, um, you know, have to pay it back to the Central District and the black community with Africa Town and things like that. But, uh, racist. you know, you know, what's really sad to me is that a lot of black men seem to seem to think that on site. 
Af- Guys, I- Africa Town. That's like saying go back to Africa Town. No, it's not. Listen, so there's like a Chinatown. There's like oh, okay. all kinds oh. of different towns. We're trying to make. Um, basically, it's an area for us that can't be gentrified. It's so like a cap, or, like back. like a cap hill. Yeah, but it's for black people. It's basically like turning the central district into our for the listeners. Spaces. Cap Hill is a is a uh, what's the best way to say what it is? It's like the Manhattan yeah. pony show. Damn! Oh shit! But yeah, the Manhattan of Seattle. You know, like it's just if for people who don't know what that means, what do you what do you? Th- what, yeah, it's just like it's the If you are if you are the LGBT LGBTQ community. Plus, I don't know what the plus is for, but um, that's where you can be whoever you want to be and be, you know, and, and not get judged. Basically, that's what Capitol Hill is. Yeah. So that's what you're saying. You're trying to create a space. I like mean, that. if you think about it, black people are the only people who don't have that type of a situation because they want us to be spread out. That's it's, the whole point of gentrification. I, I definitely to, come to our communities and spread us apart so that we can't really unite and have community. I definitely feel like that is a great point. And I also think it's because black people are taught to hate other black people. Facts. So the whole I mean, point- like literally I, God damn it. I like, <laughs> I'll be thinking about it. Like, man, like, I feel so bad for people like back home in Virginia or in like other cities or small towns or whatever, because like the upbringing of us is teaching us to be divided. It's teaching us to like, yo, you don't fuck with that dude because he's a crip and you're a blood, which are both black. Again, you know super intentional. And there are so many ways that we've been divided like that. Like I said, yeah. with the foster care system and like all that different stuff is to make it so that we all think super differently or, and can't connect. Or even like, you know, and I love sports or even like sports is like, yo, like he crossed you up, go dunk on his ass type shit. It's like, damn, like sports we can't was like another way to cause division for us, like sending black men away from their family to all these bum fuck country towns. That's how, that's how I'm alive. Like my dad got sent to the country, found this little white girl and boom, back three, <laughs> three biracial kids. <laughs> My parents aren't together anymore because that shit was toxic as fuck. And that's normal for biracial kids' parents. Like, that was not meant to be. For, for everyone that, that's yeah. listening. I forget what I was listening to. Someone was, saying, someone was saying that it's weird that basketball players get paid so much. Like, why are, like, owners paying that much for basketball players? They must be making more money than the basketball players are making, you know? Of course they are. Like, fucking- but you got to think about it like this. And, you know... <laughs> Like, think about it like this. Like, People if, if you're LeBron James, let's just use him because he's the most well-known sports player, right? He's actually doing good shit, too. Yeah, he's a great dude yeah. from what I've heard, you he know. Does, he does have love, a school? Yeah, he has a school. So do a couple basketball players do. He has one in Cleveland. Jalen Rose has one in Detroit where he's from. But um, think about it like this. Like, people are complaining about him making the amount of money he makes, but think about what he had to give up to make that amount of money. Like, while your kids were, like, at pool parties and shit, he was traveling the U.S. playing basketball in tournaments year-round and doing all this other type of shit, you know, that most people would hate to do or complain about. Oh, he can't go out with my girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, fuck that. Let's if get If we're this. not taking away Let's black go. men from our families through jail or drug dealing or whatever, it's going to be something else. That's how I feel about it. My dad was a steel worker, so he did swing shifts, so he wasn't present, you know, like... But isn't isn't like the, <laughs> isn't America becoming more like black and brown? Like 
Mm. It's I mean, becoming, yeah, it's becoming, because they ship black people to white communities. It's becoming more biracial. They ship, what do you mean ship black people? What? Through, through sports and stuff. Like, the only way to get out of the hood is to join the military, i.e. go get sent to a place where there's uh, white people or... Or that's, I mean, shit. I'm speaking from experience. Like my dad. That's, that's how you gotta, it. you gotta it's, play it's sports. It's not a stereotype. It's facts. You gotta play Look sports. Sell drugs. Go to the military, or become a rapper. And almost every black dude that I've met is a product of one of those circumstances. That's a Washington thing. I love how I love how this is gonna be so controversial, and I love it. No, it's fire. Wait, so you guys went to like all black schools, probably, or majority? No. You know who you know who the minority was in my high school? White people. Okay, so what what did you learn here? Like nothing. I learned nothing about white people because I'm being honest. Because in all honesty, like they were just like I think it was such a small percentage, and if you were white. Where I grew up, you were still black. But would you, if that makes so sense? What was your curriculum about? Like, I mean, you asking the wrong person. So I was like, <laughs> I was one of them dudes that was like, I wasn't even like really in school like that, like growing up. And that's stupid to say, but I mean, I'm just being honest. But I mean, the curriculum was like, I mean, honestly, the teachers didn't give a shit though. You know what I mean? Like they didn't care. They didn't like really, you know, try to give you the best education. Like our school looked like shit. I remember my four years in in high school, at least for the first two, we didn't have any tiles in the ceiling. Like, you know how like there's a ceiling here. Like you could just see the wires and shit. There were broken like wires hanging from it. There was graffiti all over the fucking, you know, uh, lockers. We seen people get shot, stabbed. I've school? yeah, I've seen a dude. I've seen a dude get his head split open like an egg before. I didn't seen you know uh, riots. We didn't seen cops get stabbed. They didn't brought FBI agents in my my high school. All that kind of crazy. My dad's shit. school in Virginia when he was growing up, uh, some chick like took an orange from some dude and he had drugged it and she ate it and tried to fly out the window. Did she fly? No. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, man, I remember, I remember, like, our school was, like, our school had a city jail around the corner from it. Like, it was called, the, the, honestly, like, Allen Iverson is from the same area where I'm from, right? So, the jail he went to was called the City Farm. And it's literally, like, so it was, like, my high school was here. The City Farm was here. Like, that literally, like. prison pipeline. Yeah. So, like, if you, like, did some illegal shit, they would just take you right around the corner. Well, the Monroe Heights, because I live. That's crazy. School. But there's like all white people, so what is that? What does that have to do? That's, that's still bad. Isn't that weird? That's well, super like bad. On, like, mask, maximum, maximum Honestly, I really feel like what what it comes down to, and here's another thing about the high school that I went to is like, so in Virginia, where I'm from, in Newport News, you have uptown, midtown, downtown, right? And there are three divided areas. Um, where it's so fucking stupid. But if you're from one section, you don't like the other section. If you're from uptown, it's because like you feel like most people who lived uptown have nicer houses. 
better stuff. If you lived downtown, you lived in the fucking hood. You lived in the number streets, as we call it. Chestnut Ave, uh, Oak Avenue. There's always murders down there. That's where Michael Vick's from, all that killing, all that shit, right? So a lot of the high schools didn't want those kids from downtown. So they used to send them uptown to where I went to high school. And if you're from Midtown, you're caught in the crosshairs in the middle, right? Because, like, you're not good enough for people downtown. You're not good enough for people uptown, right? Isn't that his middle-class thing? I wouldn't say it's middle-class. If it was middle-class, it was, like, low, low middle-class type shit. Like, so we were just, like, we were the most poor school. We were the most hated school. And, like, we just, we always had shit going on. Like, always. Like, it, it, I could tell you stories that you wouldn't believe. But, you know, I mean, and that's everywhere in America. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just in Virginia or, you know, Philadelphia or Chicago. It's probably here, too. You know, like. I mean, my school was more <laughs> closet. Like, my, my like, elementary school and stuff, they would, like, hold assignments for me. Or, like, I was dyslexic and I never got diagnosed. But it was so blatantly obvious. Like, I wrote from the wrong side of the page, the right side, to the left side. And I reversed all my stuff. Stupid idiot. And they never diagnosed me with that. And they never tried to help me either. They would just have me go out in the hallway. Jeez. Or, like, I got jumped by a group of Russian kids. Damn. And, like, 12 Russian kids. This, this is, like, normal for me. I was the only, me and my brothers were the only black people. So I got jumped by this big-ass group of Russian kids. And I always remember the next day because at the end, I threw one snowball at somebody. And I, we all get called down to the office except for my little brother because he's the only one that would have been on my side. And, um... The principal was like, okay, well, this girl got a cut on her face. And everyone in here is saying that you threw snow at her. So that's your fault. So you're going to get detention. I was like, y'all jumped me, bro. That's crazy. But I had to sit in a closet in the dark for three days. And nobody else got in trouble. In a closet? For three fucking days? What? That shit was normal for me at my school. I would get that kind of... In Spokane. This is a boarding school or something? I lived in a middle class neighborhood. No, that's crazy. State, that's a, that's, that's crazy. That's one like time, some. One time, yes. this, one time this white. I'm dead serious. One time this you white. Say yes or no, though. You had to stay in a closet for three days. Yes. Three days. Yes or no. Yeah, like I got like, to go home at night, but okay. when I went to school, I had to sit in this okay. closet in the dark. <laughs> that's still crazy. That's still crazy. That's still crazy. And like, bro, like, one time this girl, yeah. <laughs> this girl yeah. showed up at my house right in the middle of the night, and I was in fourth grade. And my dad had always taught me, never fight back. Because if you fight back, you're going to jail. Hmm. Doesn't matter what you crazy. do. One punch, you're done. That's you're done crazy. for the rest of your life. Wow. So I would just put my head down and would just keep walking. I would get jumped all the time. Wow. But like, um, with with this situation, this girl shows up to my house with her like uncle. And she's like, Marina punched me in the face. And my mom believed her. Oh shit. She was and my dad was in jail at this time. So uh the the girl like my mom welcomes them into our house the fuck <laughs> and she's like yeah she punched me but turns out the girl's mom beat her and she covered it by saying it was me because i was the black person in the school so it's easy to say wow. that it was so me it was a white girl that said this yeah this is a white girl and the school believed her everyone believed her everyone was trying to punish me and it's like i've never hit a single person i to this day i've never hit anyone to this day to this day, to this day, my dad, my dad taught me, my dad taught me that I would go to jail if I did. So I just never well, have. Well, no disrespect to your father, who I believe is probably a good there. man, but don't listen to him I mean, anymore. If I have to fight somebody, that's different. But in the neighborhood that I'm from, he was very right. He was very right that I would. Well, be and, and that's fair in because, and I and I can relate with that because we're both from Virginia. He's from a super country, racist town in Virginia that I've been to. So I get it. 
you know what I mean? Like they they used to hang people out there where he's from and stuff like that. So it's definitely like scary, you know, and um, crazy. This is crazy. Spokane like we is talked about so away much from shit. a KKK recruitment site. What? You know that? Nah. It's thirty minutes away from Idaho. My mom is from Idaho. She's like from a trailer park. So like my my brain is weird, dude. So <laughs> yeah, I've been through some shit for sure. Uh, I'm 24. You hear that, people? Youngins. I was going to touch on that earlier, but you already beat me to it. <laughs> Wait, how old are you, King Joe? 26. 26? Yeah. I always forget how old this guy. Yeah. How tall are you again? I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 he looks so young. It's like. I know. It's Black don't crack, baby. No. <laughs> it cracks slightly. And how old are you again? I'm 23. He's, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not telling you how old I am goes down a year every day it's for sure <laughs> for sure skin tones. Like, we make like a for sure <laughs> yeah i'm super dark yeah. for sure <laughs> now if you can guess how old i am i'll tell you don't you say anything either I'm one like of you 34. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. No. you guessed like 29 you guessed you guessed already Yeah, we can talk about that off air. I think you probably already told me, and I just forget. Probably, and that's good. <laughs> and that's good. I'm probably going to stop talking about my age when I turn 25. Then I'm like, okay, now it's nobody's business. Hee <laughs> <laughs> I'm wise beyond my years, so I don't really need this age to kind of follow me around and make me seem stupid. Yeah. I'm good on that. <laughs> I mean, you can see it, like, the more you say it, it's like, oh, shit. Like, this is how much this shit goes. Like, People are always hella surprised when I say that I'm 24. I, I like surprise. Were you part of the music scene in Spokane at all, or just? Yes, sir. That's why I'm over here. <laughs> I was over there. What People. Is the music scene like there. A joke. Yeah. People don't take it seriously <laughs> at all. Everyone's an alcoholic. Nobody knows how to market. The venues are stupid. <laughs> yeah, like how? <laughs> oh my god! Don't make me go off on this. Um, this is what he wants. <laughs> The Give venues, it to the people. Yeah. <laughs> the venues are owned by like stupid, like white old white, white folks that, um, <laughs> like, oh, man. like one of the most common places that people go, the, the dude who owns it, like he doesn't clean it. There's like cobwebs everywhere. The light bulbs, the red room. Oh yeah. I didn't want to say it, but you got me. The green so. Room. I hate I hate the red room because Damn, I was trying to like change it. It, and she it, it has it. it has so much potential. Like it's such a beautiful building. It's actually one of my number one goals. Like once I actually like make it or whatever, I want to go back and buy that entire block and make it cool. But um, it's like this old historic building, and he doesn't take care of it. And when he makes money, he goes to Vegas and just eats steak, like regularly, because he posts about it on Facebook. I'm friends with the dude on Facebook, so I can see what he's doing with the money that we invest into the venue, and he doesn't give it back. Like, the speakers suck. The mics are still corded, and they're terrible. Yeah, like, so you gotta I'll stand never like perform this there. to make it so you can perform. Like, there are good places to perform. There's the Lucky You Lounge. That's the best place. It, it has a basement that you can perform in, and then there's also, like, upper floor, too, so you can have two performers at the same time. And that's that's really cool. They have a lot of vegan snacks, and they just remodeled it. The Bartlett's closed. The the owners of the Bartlett <laughs> bought the Lucky You Lounge Am and I made right? that. Uh, Am I right? Huh? Does he like his steak well done? 
I nah, he seems like a rare chap, like blue to oh, me. That's disgusting, blue. I like, I like medium rare. But yeah, the music scene is whack. Medium. Like whenever I go out there, I medium. I, medium <laughs> that's the highest I'll go. <laughs> I really will try to make music with people, but like it's that type of situation where you'll pull up, like someone will invite me to record vocals, and I'll come and do it, and I'm like, okay, where's that rough track? Three months later, so I haven't gotten it. Everybody out there is an alcoholic, low key, and or like super on coke too. Coke is definitely an issue out there. Just a depressing to, to be fair, yeah. I, I definitely think uh, what you're saying is very true. From you know the artists that are from there that moved out here, but at the same time, artists here, nah, buddy. Nah. <laughs> you just gotta find the people that you nah. that you vibe with. Like for me, musicianship has been like me just being on this constant journey to find those few individuals in each place that I can't actually rock with. Like, it just wasn't for me in Spokane. Things were so slow. I was so depressed there. Like, it's hot. It's, it's, hot, it's smoky. It's there's no money there. Like, there's, it's just it's just not an environment that's conducive to the growth of an artist. Like, uh, mm. uh, it's really hard to get a, a gig that'll actually, like, pay you. Mm. Like, <laughs> getting paid in beer is normal. And I don't drink, so... <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't like the scene at all. I haven't, I haven't heard your music. What type of music? Is it, are you a singer? Are you a rapper? You... Well, um, initially I started with classical performance, so okay. classical and jazz. Um, but those elements are very alive and well in my current genre, if you will. I don't really think I can put a label on myself yet. Yeah. But you haven't heard it yet because I haven't dropped anything. Okay. I am the type to really sit on it and just make sure it's perfect. I'm working on like yeah, yeah I'm working <laughs> I'm low-key working on four projects right now at the same time. What's the name so. of this podcast again? All game. What can I get one more time? All game. All game podcast. <laughs> All game pot. So, when do you guys think this quarantine or virus is gonna be over with? Nah. Next year. I don't think it's gonna end. I think life is gonna be different. I mean, people are too afraid to go out. So for bullshit, people are getting their ass out. They're like, some some people are too afraid to go out. So I feel like for us as artists, I feel like the way that we're going to have to go about our careers is going to be very different, but I don't mind. It's fun. I think, I mean, honestly, like for me, this whole COVID thing has been the best time to reevaluate and like work on stuff. I haven't worked on before via website, the visual aspect of behind the scenes marketing. There's been blessings like that, but yeah, I definitely think, yeah, like Marina said, artists are going to have to be a lot more creative moving forward and just like really plug into different avenues and band together more than we have before. Because a lot of us try to stay solo a lot of the time. Couldn't this just be like a political ploy and it's just going to clear up as soon as someone wins the election? It is a political ploy. Come on. Well, it's definitely a real virus, but people are definitely using it to their advantage. And the thing is, of course. Yeah, they are. And they're fluctuating the numbers of deaths. And they've admitted to it. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> Trump took over the CDC, so uh, we're not even knowing the actual numbers anymore. Trump and Biden are. Dude, uh, it's, it's our like election is literally in like two months. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, this is all. This is all. This is, this, is the top, this is the best of the best politicians you can get. <laughs> Trump and Biden. Like, out of everyone, these are the best of the best. <laughs> 
I mean, I as just, far as DNC sponsorship goes, for I just sure. I just smoke my weed. That's all. Right. I don't really give a I mean, shit about any of besides like you this podcast, my music, the people around me that I care about. <laughs> I mean, I try to build communities, but as far as like yeah. the national political climate is concerned, I got nothing for it. I just feel like something's gonna happen. I just have this like weird, eerie feeling that something else is gonna happen. People are really gonna like honestly either stand up for their rights more than they have before, or they're going to conform to whatever the masses do. People are going to, going to conform because conforming is easy. Yep. Well, until it invades in your space, too. Doesn't matter. Every, doesn't every matter. Everything invades in your space, but it's easy. I it's mean, easier most... to fall in line to the go against the grain. So with that in mind, do you guys think people are going to like take these vaccines? For militia? Of course. Oh, yeah. I'm not, personally, but a lot I of people mean, will. People got tested for COVID. I'm not going to get tested for COVID. Why not? I'm not letting someone shove that shit up my nose. I don't know what's actually in there or on it. Sure. Who knows? Honestly, like, Sweden (laughs) be microchipping people's hands so they can get into their jobs. fucking awesome, man. Holy shit. I do believe in that thing that, like, you can give your kid autism with fucking... (laughs) I was a caregiver for autistic people. Do you you really want to talk about that with me? I don't think you do. No, I don't. Do you you think... Insight, or you just think that's bullshit? No, I have insight on autism. Like, do you think? No, do you think it's like some people believe that you can give your kid autism with a shot, a vaccine? Yeah, you, you can give. No? You can give people autism with all kinds of things. If you think about it, like autism hasn't always like really been a prevalent like issue in our community. But as time has gone on, I think it's like the numbers are up to like one in a hundred people are autistic. That's because our diet, like. Considering that 80% of, like, antibiotics are given to us in the form of, like, animal agriculture, I think that's a huge contributor to autism. So, like, if you eat dairy, hormones, things like that, like, things that you're just not meant to eat. We're all all allergic to milk. Exactly. So, eating all... And, like, our bread has milk in it. You don't need milk to make bread, bro. So, yeah. Yeah. Autism can definitely be caused. For sure. Through pharmaceuticals, through diet, through environment... Global warming, blah blah blah. It all plays together. <laughs> said, you know what I'm saying? Said, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm such a hippie. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to have like problems. I'm really not. What was that? What the fuck was that Scooby Doo shit? Shaggy Scooby. So E Brown, what has your life been like since the beginning of this whole pandemic? <laughs> 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 as fucked up as this is about to sound, it's been great. <laughs> Honestly, um, I've excelled in my business a lot. I spend a lot of time with my son, which is absolutely amazing. It's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me outside of my wife. Um, I love just chilling with my kid. He's just so fucking amazing. Yeah, he's silly as hell. We both are like X really stupid together. Bro, you have no idea. Just like we'd be around in circles. <laughs> like we'd be driving my wife crazy because we're both like exactly the same. He's two. He's two. Yeah, and now he likes very talkative. So like he'll yell at our dog. Like if we tell our dog to get down, he'd be like, "Get down, get down, you you get down now." And I'd be like, "Damn, he's so aggressive, bro." And he'll be like, "Hey, hey," he'll be like, "Dad, stop it." Like, if something's wrong, if, like, he hears, like, me and my wife arguing, he'd be like, stop it! And we'll be like, okay. Yeah, it's awesome. That's good. What about you, Marina? 
Uh oh. <laughs> Let's talk to King instead. <laughs> uh, it's been dope for me too, man. I mean, um, yeah, I had a lot of shows lined up, but then that this happened, but it was fine. I had yeah, a live stream show, dropped a project, dropped another one this fall. Uh, it gave me time to work on the business end as well, with my music, grow my social medias, make my website, and just really like have the chance to uh, really figure out what my goals are and just like really like take advantage of my own life with my career and yeah just understand who I am as, as an individual so it's, it's been great it's been great so what are your goals? Uh, to grow the music to grow Ooh. the brand to just grow my awareness oh I don't give such a fucking generic answer <laughs> give them some sauce some sauce and juice and juice sauce and juice yeah man honestly yeah just to really become a professional artist and just to show people another way of becoming themselves. I feel like we've been distracted with all these jobs and all these different things we've had to do and then the COVID was like a big pause for everyone. So now I gave everyone a chance to really figure out who they are and through my music for start. start. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> through my music, through my mediums, I want to show people, hey, even though you may feel like, okay, your way of like gaining by your passions that you've been like having on the side this whole time mm. and not to say I was doing that but like this just gave me more space and more time to really dive deep and just grow my grow my music career sure so. I appreciate you didn't use the word the grind or anything like that uh, so awesome. fucking typical yeah. no, I understand what you're talking about like we yeah. me and King Gal like a whole day together dude I had Panda Express for the first time with him dude my stomach died afterwards <laughs> Dude, what the hell was that? <laughs> now I know I never have had Panda Express. My stomach was... Insane. It's absolutely terrible. Dude, he likes that. It's I terrible. It's now. the worst Chinese food you can ever Dude, have in your life. Stop eating my it. My stomach died. Like, I straight up died for like two days. That oh, meat probably crazy. comes from the rainforest. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> well, tell me about this. The rainforest. <laughs> Before you get into that, Marina, if you're going to have good Chinese food in this in this state... Number one, I don't care what anybody I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. Who's from Washington? Your your Chinese food sucks. Period. No, there's actually this place called Mingwa in Spokane that is like really authentic. It's just people that actually like go visit their family. Okay, I'll, I, like I believe for, you. for a month or two out of the year. I believe their food you. is top. No, it's, no, it's like saying, I believe you. Like Boom, saying, China City fire. Yeah, super yeah. fucking yeah. fire. There's a lot of dope Fuck everything else. Except China City on the western side of Washington. It's amazing. It's very good. Fuck Panda Express. Moving on. It's, it's, no, it's like saying you can get good sushi in Arizona. Panda Express is fast food for me. I don't care about Panda Express. I've never heard anybody say that. They say that? You get good, good, good sushi in Arizona? No, I'm, saying, like, you know, sushi. I'm saying you can't get good sushi in Arizona. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. for like our seafood and stuff, not probably Chinese food. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm are y'all really known for your sea? I thought y'all were known for like salmon. Pacific, really Pacific North, that's yeah. Have yeah. you ever been to I, the place on Rustin Way? Yeah, Pike Place. I mean, Pike Place Market's a big Yeah, I mean, I get that. But I'm just saying, like. Like, we're known for our seafood. Yeah. Alright, we're just going to leave that alone. I know how you feel because, like, I mean, I grew up just like. No, you don't. Shit. You like Pan Express. You don't know. <laughs> 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 uh, shit. But no, I didn't know, like, seafood was a big deal until, like, when I started visiting certain water for us. New Orleans is the best seafood in the U.S. No debate. 
Don't at me. It doesn't matter. It's good, period. Non-fried, fried. Don't at me. Disgusting. China City. That's my fast food. Yeah, China City. Get some Vietnamese food. I don't even know it's fast food. I. That's fast. I don't even know. You know. So, you know. <laughs> you know when I used to eat Panda Express was when I was super depressed that I didn't know China City existed here. So I used to be like, oh my god, this is the closest thing I'll get to Chinese food, and I used to hate myself every time I ate it, until I found China City. I had it the other day. It's amazing. No, so anyways, Marina, how is how has your life been since this quarantine pandemic virus coronavirus? Let's get it. Uh, my Go entire off. life changed, honestly. And at first, it was kind of hard. Like I was real sad for the first couple days. Um, I just I experienced a lot of loss through this time. Like I, I lost my apartment, my boyfriend, um, pretty much everything that I had been building my life for. But it's actually been nice. I feel like I kind of put myself in a box. Like when I first came out here, I feel like I was my most authentic self. I drove out here and I was just being an artist. No questions asked. I was just being myself. And then once other people and stuff like got involved with my life and like got entangled, I feel like I settled on who I really was and started working all the time. And I was just really unhappy. Like I wasn't working on my music. I was tired. And uh, because of COVID, I feel like I was able to like let all of that shit go and go back to being me but also like in the most productive way that i've ever done it like now there's so much more drive behind it and so i'm really grateful for the opportunities that COVID's given me you know it's 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 shown who really is for me and about me and who really isn't it's really really weeded those people out and i had so much more support than i ever really even knew you know like i haven't received any unemployment or anything in these past five months like my supports come completely from my tribe. So it's been a really humbling experience for me to be where I'm at today, sitting shout here being able to talk about it. Yeah, shout out COVID. Shout out everybody who supported me through this. Yeah. So how long have you been in Seattle now then? Or um, yeah, I moved out here last summer. Okay. Basically, like I just got tired of being in Spokane and uh, not being able to get at all the opportunities that I felt like I should be able to have. So I just drove away and ended up here. Did you cry while you were driving here? No, because at the time I had some really solid friends that, um, I don't know, I just felt, I felt like some genuine love towards me for like the first time really in my life, coming out here the first time. So it was easy. It was an easy choice. I didn't have anything, but um, just knowing that I had people out here that cared about me made it worth it. How do you people make friends when they move to Seattle? <laughs> For me, it's crazy, dude. Like, like my my best friend out here. <laughs> I actually didn't have a Tinder coming out. Um, <laughs> I still have it in the time since. But my best friend out here, I met on the beach, and it was like the first day that I decided I was gonna stay here. Um, it was a martial law band uh, award event, and I got the Spread Love Award which I thought was corny, but I liked it. Anyway, uh, my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my, yeah, shout out Marshall for the corn. He always comes with the corn. Um, <laughs> no, they gave me a bottle of Papa Bueno. <laughs> I got fucked up. 
but I met my friend Riley, and she let me stay with her for like my, my first like month or so out here while I was just like kind of trying to figure out like, wow, this is a big city. I don't really know what I'm doing. So I was trying to like find a job and all that. She let me stay on an air mattress in her living room. And um, after that, like I just had different people who I was podcasting with or whatever who would let me stay with them while I was trying to navigate the scene. And so, yeah, that's really where it started. I've met some really cool people just by just being willing and like going out and being receptive to the fact that there are people who could be out there that could be positive in my life. So how how are like these random girls just giving you places to stay and taking you? It's energy, dude. It's energy. I think there's a eyes. And and to clear it up, I'm only rolling my eyes. Holy shit. I'm only rolling my eyes because of the energy. They like King of Marina for all the listeners. They always say fucking energy. And I just don't understand like the word, but I get it. It's like, and now they got me saying it. I mean, my energy is really consistent. Do do girls really think you're flirting with them? No, it ain't even like that. People just really genuinely believe in me what I'm trying to do. And I feel like I'm really good at conveying those points. Like, when you meet me, I'm really open. Like, I don't know you. This is my first time talking to you, but you know a lot of shit about me. (laughs) Shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I I feel like... This this is true. She she is very, she is very open. I mean... I'm super open to an extent. There are certain details that I, in my life, that I am less open about. But, um, as far as, like, my struggles and, like, the things that I've experienced in my life, I feel like worldview is everything so the more that i can share about my story to help other people understand that there are people who actually go through stuff that you wouldn't expect that people are going through (laughs) i feel like that's that's really important to share so yeah that's a big part of my journey that's how i ended up here do you have faith in the seattle music scene or you just have faith? that's why i'm here i've i've been to a lot of places i considered moving to atlanta before i actually came out here that was where I was initially going to go. And I'm so glad I didn't because I was not say, ready. I'm glad you didn't do that. I was cause... not ready. That would have been terrible. I can't imagine what would have happened to me if I would have uh, gone somewhere else like L.A. or Atlanta or anywhere. Because I was, I was pretty naive. I've come a long way in the past year. Oh, so you only been a year? Uh, I've been in kidding. Seattle since last summer. Okay. I came out here like last July was when it all started, but I officially was like, okay, I'm going to stay in August. So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. How was your quarantine been? Uh, I learned a lot of stuff. I bought a crazy DJ setup. Hell yeah. That's fire. Fire. I learned how to do graphic design. reaching out to artists that otherwise they probably wouldn't be able to get interviews with which has been really exciting because everyone's just stuck at home that's fire <laughs> and yeah zoom is like your friend bro. yeah people are kind of dying to do stuff now yeah. it's kind of nice to an extent yeah yeah i mean because i mean realistically like in the artist realm of the you know the people you're speaking on they're signed to labels so they can't do shit without the label giving them an okay yeah. so they can't go anywhere they can't do nothing so they gotta be like hey can I do this and then they're like yeah and then they do it yeah I'm becoming like friends with like artists I wouldn't even think would ever talk to me 
that's super dope protect that protect that energy as marina and king would say for real because now as oh big facts i mean but you know now as you probably know already people are going to start coming to you a lot differently now They'd be like, hey, DJ Blake, what's up, homie? Let me get on the podcast. Let me talk. Da, 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 da. Protect your energy. <laughs> that is, that's what you should call this. Protect your energy. Because we talked about so much shit yeah. on here right now. Are you, guys, are you guys like naming each episode you guys do? Or is it just like an artist or guest name? We only have one name for one episode, and that's the pilot. It's called Everything's Your Fault. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a deep episode. He said, I listened to it. <laughs> I made the last guy, I'm like, no, two episodes, like last week, I made this guy start crying on the podcast. Is that a good thing? Like, was it Tears of Joy? No. Oh, that's still cool. That's fine. You got to send me that episode. It was this, I don't know. I feel like my job with my podcast is to have on. How did you make him cry? You're not I think my job is to like have on people who no one cares about, and then have people that people do care about as well, like a good mix, like people who like. That's true. I like, like that. Yeah. I I like to have on some one hit wonders or people whose like time is definitely coming past, but they don't know that yet. <laughs> no, I feel that and though. I, like to I do. The fuck out of that. And then we both come out better at the end. Yo, the next time we do like a solo pod. I would love for you to just like grill the fuck out of me. That's never happened before. I want it to happen so I can really show people like how serious I fucking am. Yeah. I think I think yeah, every so artist serious. needs to be grilled. Yeah. yeah. Like like hard. I don't think it's possible to grill me. I disagree. Really? I just don't think you've gotten it yet. That's all. Okay. <laughs> but like it's coming. And then I think <laughs> But at the same time, it's it's in such a, like, better way, though. Like, it's kind of, to me, it's almost like an equal playing field. Because you've seen the true colors of a lot of the bigger artists. And then a lot of the smaller ones, the people didn't really, like, pay attention to before. They're like, oh, maybe I should watch you from the jump. Because I didn't realize, like, you were actually, y'all were thinking. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck about who's, who I'm interviewing, if they're followers or anything like that. Like, I I really respect that because I think that's one of the most important things. And that's honestly what I do my business by, like, or, you know, how I conduct business, you know, with the pod and, you know, even um, outside of that is like, if you're a good human being, I don't give a fuck about nothing else. Because, like, you know, people, people genuinely can tell when you're like working with people, when you have an objective and when you're working with people you truly respect. There, you definitely had one interview that I absolutely hated, and I'll tell you about it off air, about who that person is. It is the one you already told me about, like, right before you came to do my interview. 
think yeah. we can talk about photography for that long. We'll definitely talk about that person afterwards. I would, afterwards. Say, I would say something and be like, oh yeah, by the way, this photo shoot's coming up or some shit like that. <laughs> like, what? What? I think I do that. That's funny. <laughs> Did you put it out? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, actually... I mean, because yeah, if you don't put it out, it's a waste of your time. Hobie played himself though. Like, that just makes you look stupid. Like, did you listen yeah. to any of the other episodes before you came I, on? I didn't promote it. I think I've been pretty solid with my guests. It was like I don't regret really any of them. That's good, man. I'm happy for you. You know, I I definitely just want to take a moment to like number one, thank you. You know, for everything you do and allowing us to to do this. You know, because we don't have to do this. And secondly, I just want to tell you, man, like I'm proud of you, like as a friend, like for real. Because, like, I've seen how far you've come in a year. You know, we met a year ago or a little, almost like a year ago. And um, (laughs) you just, like, yo, like, real talk for everybody listening to this. I know we talked about, like, a lot of shit. But, like, give this man, DJ Blake, his flowers. Like, for real. He works super hard. And he don't ask ask for shit from nobody. And I think that's super rare. It's super commendable. And I respect the fuck out of it. Especially kids in Europe. No, fuck that. He's a man. He's a man. But I mean, <laughs> he's got three chest hairs. But the reason I'm saying because a lot of my younger cats growing up, they're like super entitled and spoiled. Hmm. Um, I mean, they have everything at their fingertips with the technology and stuff. Yeah. But they don't understand what they're doing. And, and, and then, you know, uh, one thing I, I really respect about you, too, is like, you know, you, you appreciate the relationships you have that aren't always televised. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You and me talk a good amount, but a lot of people don't know that. And that's not for them to fucking know. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I really, I really, like, and they know me. Everybody in here knows me pretty well enough to know. I don't say shit like this lightly. I mean, every fucking word I say when I say this, like, I'm proud of you, bro. Keep it up. You're going to go super far. You got you got my support. You got my family support. You got the All Game Podcast support. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so nice. Yeah. Okay. It's is been a great time. This is the first time I've been. Is this the dark room studio? Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. It's a vibe, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. I like the lighting that I chose for this, for today. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, he's like, I'm going to come here and make this a game, bro. So. Yeah. <laughs> is that your E-brow voice? <laughs> Sorry. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. You know what I really need to do? Though? I want to make, like, skits. Me too. Like a robot chicken type thing or mm. SNL type thing or something. Mm. Like or like another platform that branches off from NAST or like something where I can connect with people. Yeah. I like it. I think that'd be so, because like there's so many creative people in Seattle. I feel like everybody really needs to tap into their acting side out here. Like, I don't understand. Like, Emmanuel will be such a good actor. She always says this. I do. I'm serious. You know what's so crazy, though? She's been saying that to me ever since she's known me. And what have I told you every single time? All right, give me something. Bro, this is the thing, though. Like, I don't necessarily, like, produce films. Like, I act as well. I just say, give me something. That's all I say. I know screenwriters now. Like, I've interviewed a few screenwriters. Like, we could pull this shit together. Okay. I've been trying to act more, so. And I just bought a green screen. Oh, let's go. Yeah, that's right. I need to get one myself. Yeah. For sure. That's dope. Those bids on eBay work. Yeah. Have you ever bid on eBay? No. I, I, just, I just can't get into that shit. You feel like a champ when you win that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. I heard people, I've seen one of my homies, like, she was bidding on eBay and, like, 
that shit got intense. Like I like, and this is when we were back working at the same place together, and she was like screaming, like in our back room, like "You motherfucker! Yes, I'm gonna some, get it!" Some people <laughs> wait until like the last five minutes and then place a bit and just destroy everyone else's bit. That's what's the fucking annoying part. Damn, it's a gamble, complete gamble. Hmm. Well, we should start wrapping this up, okay, guys? I'll start from E Brown, go left to right. I'll get it right this time. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay, just get B. It's fine. What is some new <laughs> advice that you have for upcoming artists, creators, influencers? Hmm. Some new advice. What could I say here? Hmm. I would say, you know, be consistently you. You know, I feel like a lot of people are trying to be what what they think other people want to hear or see instead of being yourself because you never know if people want to see you until you show them you yeah invest in yourself first and foremost um i mean that can look a lot different to a lot of different people uh whether that's removing yourself from capitalism or, <laughs> <laughs> or just just like setting aside a, a budget to make sure that you're investing into your art. You have to you have to have that infrastructure if you're gonna pursue this. If you don't, no one's gonna take you seriously. Not even yourself. But I've noticed people that have invested that still are terrible artists. No. I mean but you're right. It doesn't have to do with just capital. It's, it's more than just. It's more than just money. It's more than capital gain. It's you need to invest in yourself from a knowledge standpoint too. Like, I read books every day. That's an investment. You know, just spending, delegating your time, like as appropriately as you can. I feel like it's a huge part of investing into yourself as well. Yeah, because they got bought out by Apple. Apple doesn't even make commercials. I know. They're just uh, beats by Apple now or whatever. Boring. (laughs) But you guys are the first two people to be back on the podcast. I haven't had any, like, returning guests yet. So maybe that means something. Hey, I'm honored. Yeah. I guess I got to come back later. Yeah. You guys can... I want to say pause and I'll explain. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, we have conspiracy. We like we focus on one topic for the whole episode. It could be a question, an act of conspiracy, whatever. But you have to do your research. Gotta talk about space. Yeah. I, I, I was talking about Talk about the ocean. My pre my Ooh, guess, my last some guess scary right shit. you guys. I was like thinking this is probably a stupid thought, but like people are 
worried about aliens coming down here, but we're already like destroying our environment. So I think aliens are already so here. Why, why would aliens, if, but if people, the people have the mindset that aliens are going to come down and like just attack us or something for our resources, like what do we have anymore? Like, I mean, like we've destroyed this planet basically. People are trying to move to Mars or the moon, you know, like what do we have? If they're all aliens, they ain't trying to mess with us, man. We're too crazy for them. Unless they want to party. I think aliens are already here, bro. Just flickered green. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> <laughs> That's some crazy like, ass noise said, or whatever the fuck that was. Because, they know. <laughs> because, <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, what do I really know? You know, the world has been around for so long, yeah. and we've been to space. Why would space not have been here, bro? What? Or have we been in space? Some people think we faked the moon landing. I mean, is there even a space to begin with? Shit. Find out later on well, well, plug, plug Your Other Podcast. <laughs> BBC. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, I end the podcast by everyone saying their name, so we'll go left to right. Taking down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. The podcast with Emmanuel Brown, Marina Lotus, King Dow, and you guys are All Game Podcast. There we go. We nailed it.